Hello, it's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Just a quick little word. If you've seen it already, and if you've not checked it out, look, we've given you a free episode of the Smackdown Crawl. It's appeared up on the feed. Do check it out. It's the best advertisement I can think of to show you what our spin-off series, the Smackdown Crawl, is all about. For myself and Adam review all the Smackdown starting right at the start in 99. There are 12 episodes currently available and a whole variety of other goodies if you become a backer over at patreon.com forward slash AEP. Podcast. If you're in the mood for us to ruin one of your favorite wrestling movies, Adam and I did release a new commentary track as well, which is No Holes Barred. But enjoy this, the result of us deciding once again to trust our fans and do a fan vote. It's Great American Bash 2006. Yay! Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to call this shit. We get shit for doing non-Attitude Era stuff. How are we literally going to explain this? Oh, here's a great idea. Let's ask the fans which episode we should do next. I don't know how many times I have to say, don't trust those people, okay? (laughs) Oh, let's do a fan vote. Adam puts forward a competent fucking thing. I put forward some competent. And Billy puts forward... (laughs) Spoiler, is the Great American Bastard fucking won this thing? Can you want to read out the, the number of, of votes there? Yeah, okay, so uh, coming in last place, joint last place, were two people who didn't put the right emoji. Uh, <laughs> didn't vote for anything. We've got one person with a crying face and one person with a laughing face. Your votes did not count. Spoiled the ballot, mate. There's the uh, equivalent of voting for Lord Buckethead in this, yeah. uh, <laughs> in this one here. Just so you know, uh, Billy was angry face. Uh, what was uh, my one resume 25? You are a like, a thumbs up. A, thumb, a hearty thumbs up. And Adam's one for resume 30. Big heart. Big heart. Big heart. Billy thought that Great American Bash should be the big heart. <laughs> the big heart. Unfortunately, it's only enlarged livers we're doing. Uh, wrong organ, mate. Elevated heart enzymes. What's the final tally? Final tally. Kevin, you came last for WrestleMania 25. What the fuck do I even do this for? 192 votes. Seriously. Nothing to be ashamed of there. There is a lot to be ashamed <laughs> of. Then, it, of course, it was Adam with 420 Blazer. We've got 420 exactly 420. votes. Exactly 420. How appropriate. And of course the winner was myself with a landslide of 728. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. More than me and Kevin. If you combined. add up me and... Yeah, 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 mine won. That's a majority government right there. This is annoying. No this... coalition of chaos here, lads. <laughs> Clearly not, like, you know. I mean, I wanted to prop them up with my hardline stance on WrestleMania 25, but unfortunately not. Great, so once again, we've been left out in the fucking lurch by our supposed fan base. It's Legends House all over again. No, because in Legends House, that was the obvious, it's so bad, it'll be funny thing, and no one picked it. <laughs> and this time, I say, like, right, we won't do that. We'll have a... Did we'll, we'll, they vote for that one anyway? <laughs> 
of fucking toxic people over here. So here we are with Great American Bash 2006. The scene has been set. I can introduce everyone. Hello everyone, I'm Cowboy Kevin Man, but no, not a fun cowboy like you'd imagine. One of the dirty cowboys from one of them really gritty westerns like Deadwood. That type yes, of cowboy. Cy Tolliver type. Exactly, I'm, I'm knee deep in shit and muck and excrement and pig shit. That's what I am right now, that type of cowboy. Joined as I am always in this review of Nigeria's favorite time period <laughs> in wrestling by Adam Bimbalo. Hi. <laughs> what? If, if what? You're, if you're, I'm here to do a podcast, let's just fucking record the podcast. <laughs> fucking clocking in. Like, <laughs> 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 big wheel is going to turn, a podcast is going to come out. Hey Adam, you're the other day over on Patreon, me and you cover Smackdown. And yeah. That's a right laugh, isn't it? Yeah, we have a good time doing that. <laughs> that's did. always fun to do. It's, people are wondering, like, oh, is Billy missing out by not doing Smackdown Crawl? He shows up with this. <laughs> <laughs> with this. Like, it's like the seldom seen uncle shows up. Like, hey guys! I'm going to ruin the occasion. <laughs> and to my left, a man who I've written, fuck you, Billy, no less than <laughs> ten <laughs> times. It's that like, same note <laughs> in my, yeah. Just writing over and over again. <laughs> How you doing, Billy? He's the host of Squirmcast and the uh, author of this pain. Yeah, um, the first thing I said to both of you guys when I saw you today was, I'm sorry. Wouldn't um, be enough, mate. No apology will ever be enough. This was a mistake, and I admit it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had to watch this. I had to watch this. I, I forgot that I would have to watch this. And I'm assuming the gossamer thin shred of nostalgia didn't live up in the last 11 years. I picked the wrong pay-per-view from oh. 2006. Can we discuss why you even picked this one in the first place, then? Punjabi prison match literally the only just reason. for the Punjabi yeah. prison you didn't um, think about I anything didn't, else I didn't look at the rest of the card I assumed because <laughs> I assumed because it was 2006 we'd get some Simon Dean we'd get some Deuce and Domino some Bobby some Lashley some Bobby Lashley but Bobby Lashley appears very briefly in this pay-per-view him and his liver show we do, we do get to see Simon Dean in a promo package we do get to very see, briefly we, get, we do get to see his coat uh, so I'll take that as a little tick but no, I picked the wrong pay-per-view here. This is like David Cameron putting forward the idea of leaving the EU and then being really upset. Oh, shit. Do you want me to, like, stand up and whistle out the room? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're basically telling me now that me, Adam, and you have to review this fucking shit show yeah. because you made a mistake. <laughs> yes. It wasn't even the right To try choice. and quell the hardline 2006 fans that we've got. And now we're right in it now, Billy. We're right in it. Great American Bash 2006. Welcome to the land of opportunity. A vast melting pot where everyone is free to pursue their wildest dreams. Welcome to the Great American Bash. From the jungles of India, the Great Kali has shocked the world. Great Kali has been wreaking havoc ever since he destroyed the Undertaker. Now, the dead man faces his gravest challenge yet. A Punjabi prison match. Once the dead man is locked into that prison with that great colleague, there will be no escape. And ironically, for you, Undertaker, escape is the only way to win. Will a new phenom emerge? Once upon a time, there lived a king. The 
Nation has done it in the Battle Royal tonight. Who desires the richest rewards of the ring? I will defeat Rey Mysterio for the World Championship. But even for royalty, gold can prove to be elusive. Now, the greatest underdog champion of all time. Booker T, royalty or not, you're just one move away from the 619. We'll make this the most captivating battle of the night. Welcome to the Great American Bash. We open this with the grotesque image of the Great Cali's <laughs> big fucking weird mouth. Laying over a flowing American flag. It's like looking at the inside of Bob and Firewalk. Like, <laughs> From the jungles of India. Yeah, what like just made me imagine like Mowgli on steroids. Like <laughs> he came from the jungle man. to destroy us. I had no idea that his character was literally a jungle man. We've literally uh, changed our tune on the continent of India. Now it's kind of like India's got a billion people. They're wrestling fans. Let's you know. Let's get Jinder Mahal. Out front center, he's a fucking big star over there now. Here it's like, ah, India, they're coming to get us. <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you right now, America, chill the fuck out. India is not coming for you, okay? It'll be grand. Billy, a genuine question when you were watching this growing up, were you afraid of the great Kali? A little, yeah. <laughs> Um, You'd have been 14 around this pay-per-view, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait, you were how old? 14. God, that's so I was a bit too old, like, to be watching wrestling at this time. Because mm. this is when I got into wrestling. I was. It was a weird age to suddenly decide you liked wrestling 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, that's true. It's a weird age. And am I right in saying, were you just literally, like... Because you didn't have wrestling fans in the family, did no. you? So was this just a case of strolling through the channels and then... Oh, no, there's it. Eugene. Eugene, it was like the first, the first match I saw was like, on this paper. <laughs> it was, was the wrong brand. <laughs> it, it was a tag team match between it was Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Eugene, and I can't remember who they were versus. You know when Foley talks about seeing like the cage match at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> but for you it was Eugene and Hacksaw <laughs> tagging together. I, I also remember um, Big Daddy V. Uh, oh, for wrong fuck brand sake. again, yeah. Like. For fuck's sake. But then I do remember like going very much into the Jimmy Wang Yangs and the Deuce and Dominoes. So then I did switch over to to SmackDown. So you became a blue boy. Like. I became a boy of blue, yeah. So they're saying here tonight that everyone is free to pursue their dreams. It's the land of opportunity in America. But of course, evil people from India are going to exploit that opportunity for their own personal gain. There's massive hype here in this video for the Grey Kali, and it is very, very strange. Even though I was watching week to week and I saw, I vividly remember how they put over Kali Strong. It's so strange seeing him being positioned as, they call him here, a new phenom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what he did to The Undertaker? Yeah, he killed Destroyed him. Destroyed him. Yes, yeah, seven minute squash match. Undertaker yeah. got no offense. He literally laid out everyone they put him in the ring with. Did he kill him with the chop? Yeah. And then he put his foot on him yeah. to pin him. He didn't even cover him. Like. Literally. That's because he can't bend down. <laughs> <laughs> it was one step away from when Kevin Nash beat up all the cruiserweights and they were like, he didn't even pin them. They're like, yeah, count that man down. Like, one, two, three. Get him out of here. So Cali was being treated like he was a legit killer. Uh, mm. Rumor has it that John Laurinaitis saw Cali like randomly at some show and was like, oh my God. 
Look at the fucking size of him. Because show, the big show, his ECW champion at this point in time, was letting it well known that he was on his way out the door mm. once he'd eaten his body weight and cater and he was he was <laughs> gone. gone out of there. So this, I assume, is them going, we're going to replace Big Show yes. and also The Undertaker at once with the fucking great Cali. <laughs> That's so strange. Oh, and then, of course, we shift in this... In this fucking a lot of bells in this problem. Mm-hmm. Neener, 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 neener. It's great. It's like going to an East Midlands uh, lights being turned on at Christmas. That's people <laughs> bells like. And this goes once upon a time there lived a king. What am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2006. It's what so a great weird. American bash as well. Like Mate, it doesn't add up. There's nothing more American than India. And kings. Right? <laughs> no, those are the two greatest threats to America. <laughs> the monarchy. Okay? And India. Okay? There's a billion people over there and he's got a crown and a ring. I'm scared. You know? Anyone else find it weird as well that it's all about America? Great American bash. Where is it? Indiana. What's in Indiana? Is that like a... The heartland of America. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? It is the grain belt of America. The grain belt. I'm just saying they fight for votes in Indiana a whole lot. So it's American in that sense. There's a lot of fairs in Indiana. So. I was expecting more of a capital punishment kind of like fighting outside the White House. On kind the of steps of Congress. Yeah. Like eerie Indiana course, which I uh, watched when I was growing up because as a young child, I was a light entertainment galactus just hoovering up all of it. But other than that, I don't have much to say about Indiana. Corn. They do... NASCAR. Yeah. Indy 500, uh, which they, they won't shut up about in this pay-per-view. They uh, they also sweated Indiana a lot in the later seasons of the West Wing when they're trying to get that vote. So, you know, that's uh, not really, you know... Uh, big Train is the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that when I chose this pay-per-view, honestly. Rolling down the line. Makes me lonely. It's a weird song to have as a wrestling pay-per-view because yeah. it's a song about peace and not fighting you gotta love one another yeah. it's like it, it, now here here watch these men fight <laughs> it's a weird thing I was watching when I was watching it I kept hearing it I was like this is a weird song the word love is used way too much yeah. at least when you're opening up here they're like welcome to the great American bash bodies are on the line the Punjabi prison is going and you can't judge a boy fighting with your brother gotta love one another Big guns lighting up the sky. <laughs> Big enzymes makes my fucking... You can't judge a liver by looking at it ten times. <laughs> and the most underwhelming way to put over the Great American Bash. The Midsummer Tradition is back. <laughs> Get out of Jug of Pims. The Midsummer <laughs> Tradition. So we've got an interesting combination on commentary here tonight. Hmm. We've got younger Michael Cole and JBL, who's literally yeah. one month into the job at the ECW One Night Stand in June. He announced that he was coming to be a full-time commentator. He had left wrestling after losing to Rey Mysterio. So now we've got JBL, young on commentary. Now, I do believe a couple of times we were saying throughout the Rock's Return storyline... That fucking hell, JBL used to be good. Yeah, at one point. So this is like, I want to say this is before JBL had everyone in his ear, I'm guessing. This is raw, pure, like mm-hmm. drinking it straight from the bucket, JBL, where the cream has risen to the top. And I really warm. enjoyed him. Yeah. I he's really say, yeah, good tonight. He's excellent on this show. Did not misremember that. JBL is like, he's a bit all over the place. Yeah. But the pa- the stuff you love about JBL, yes, we weren't wrong to assume he was great, like, yeah. which is good. <laughs> and he said, JBL has got a couple of... Uh, 
couple of weird turns of phrase. Mm. They're talking about the Punjabi prison, which is our main event here tonight, which has is yet to have been revealed. No one knows what it looks like. Mm. And JBL puts over saying, the Punjabi prison, we've never had one before. And i got to tell you, Cole, I can't wait to see that structure. It's right above the ring. <laughs> yeah, it's literally there. Yeah, everyone can see Just it. look up, have a look at it. I don't want to be, I want the surprise to be spoiled. <laughs> I want to look up there. We open things up. Tag Team Championship on the line. Oh, Me and Adam watched this one together and it really was like, hey, let's watch the Great American Bash together. We watched this match and we're like, just go home. <laughs> <laughs> Literally that. <laughs> just go this home. This is going to be hard enough to watch by ourselves. There was something really uncomfortable about watching <laughs> it with you. It was like watching porn with your dad. Like, he was just fucking sitting there like, this is wrong. Like, go away, please. I love you, but just I don't leave. want you to see me like this. <laughs> so, a silent reaction for the pit bulls when they come out I'm thinking well they've only been thrown together it's Kid Cash and Jamie Noble thrown together they've got no training together as a team it's just their own reaction that's fine longest reigning tag team champions in Smackdown history London Kendrick come out less of a reaction yeah because they don't have the why are those men dressed as dogs reaction yeah. instead we get the why are those men dressed as putty patrol from season three of we, power rangers we do, we do get cole saying well they are strange dudes to say the least <laughs> absolutely you hit the putty patrol and the lord z logo they'll just fall apart how weird is that like and fucking the, kooky and the pitbulls have got leads on because they're like dogs in it they I are dogs mate fucking hate the pitbulls gimmick rubbish gimmick there's so many things about it that are wrong number one I hate WWE. It's like, he is small, and I don't want to just to go, look how fucking small he is. Mm. So you're a pit bull. When they start calling AJ Styles a pit bull, I was like, call him a fucking rookie redneck again, because it's better than that. <laughs> pit bull is like Vince McMahon saying, you're small, I'm not going to push you. Yeah. yeah. So pit bulls is bad. Number two, there was already a tag team called the pit bulls. Oh. And they were doing the ECW revival at this point in time. So it was a bit weird that they're doing the pit bulls and doing their chain gimmick and just mm. nicking it essentially. And number three as well, they're the pit bulls. And they've literally had Vince McMahon turn to the ear and go, remember, don't do any dog mannerisms <laughs> whatsoever. I don't want anyone thinking you're actually pit bulls. It's like, it's like the birds of war from Always Sunny. Like, we don't know if they're actual birds or they're bird men. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what these are. There. They're two men who just look genuinely annoyed that they have to wear this fucking dog shit like. Oh, Jamie Noble's face. Yeah. Oh, he's not a happy dog there, is he? I think Kid Cash sums up, I am not happy with my current situation so much in this. Because at least Jamie Noble has kind of been there a bit. Kid Cash has come in at this point and he's floundered around. They're not using him for ECW. He's here and it's just fucking weird. He had a cruiserweight run a little bit and it didn't work. And now he's just thrown in here. He looks so fucking awkward. Mm. He looks surly in like mm. not a good way. He looks surly that he genuinely doesn't want to be here. I never watched this period of time, but from what I've heard, the way people talk about it, I always thought that Paul London and Brian Kendrick were meant to be like really over and like really popular dudes. They were never over. They were never over. They're certainly not here. They never gave him the mic. All right. They the telltale signs of you guys are good to go out for an opening match, but we're like you're the kind of guys that when we put the tag belts on, the tag division is not a focus. They it's held the belts hold. for nearly a year, yeah. like, and their feuds like were never anything big. It was them not versus featured, the Pitbulls. Yeah. I mean, the teams I can mention that they feuded with, you'd be like, who? It's like the Pitbulls, who? And their other team were the Teacher's Pets, which were Michelle McCool's tag team. Like, who? Like, seriously. <laughs> Fuck Fucking me. Damien Sandow was one of them. Like, you really? Yeah, you wouldn't know. And so, London Kendrick, 
I think they were never over because A, they never gave him any mic time. They never had any character other than high-fiving and stage-diving. That's They're here to yeah. you yeah. know shake hands and be high-flying openers. And also as well, they stuck Ashley with them for a little bit afterwards. Solely to like, hey, look, they've got a cool girl with them. Please like them. Oh, it just didn't work. Hardy Boys, it ain't. Like. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. the Hardy Boys. They're not the Hardy Boys. You can't be over either when the product itself isn't over. That's true. And you can very much tell that WWE in this time is not over. It's no. over with me. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> me and Nigeria. That's it. <laughs> I just tell you, right, there's no greater idea than 2006 Vince McMahon just sitting in a big room and going, what if Jamie Noble... Was a dog, <laughs> and everyone being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great." <laughs> He's little like a dog. Paul London has a DZ on his trousers. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. These two are very, very interesting because Kendrick and London at the time had a bit of a reputation for being waka waka, a little bit wacky, a little bit crazy, do a little bit of drugs, get suspended, get a bad reputation, do things you're not meant to do, get jobbed out, ask kindly not to come back, you know, you get, you know, get your contract renewed, go on the indies, people get a little bit concerned about you, waka waka, you come back a few years later, people are like, yeah, you're better now, but... Something's gone in your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> very much so, especially Kendrick there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, London, I mean, Kendrick at least has come back, but yeah. like London and Kendrick, if you see some of the fucking shoot interviews these ads were doing the last three years, like, they went off the fucking deep yeah, end. Like, see. They went off the deep end and never came out the other side for the most part. JBL is annoyed that the Spanish announce team are speaking Spanish. It's because they're in the heartland of America and you can hear a language which isn't American. I didn't die in World War II to hear yeah. this. Uh, Cash and London roll around a bit. Yeah, they roll around a lot. You expect when you're sitting at the high flyers against the utility heel tag team, I'm expecting these pitbulls to like take a few fucking flips hold him down a bit and then get some hot tags and some dives. Yeah. And instead, Kid Cash is like, let's fucking chain wrestle. Yeah, yeah it's all takedowns. Like. It's, it, like, they kill the crowd because the crowd's yeah. like, all right, let's go, some high flying. And then, like, Kid Cash is like, take me down to the ground, cross face punches. Yeah. So fucking Sloppy weird. Sloppy as well. The business exposing NWA chat from Cole and JBL, they start bigging up like that the Great American Bash is a tradition that goes back before WWF. They start talking about WCW doing it, oh. Jim Crockett promotions. It's really amazing. They start talking about the NWA Tag Team Championships always being defended. They talk about the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express. They even bring up that Kid Cash was an NWA Tag Team Champion with Ricky Morton, which is like, yeah. you know that happened at a county fair somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean shit. They were paid in hot dogs for whatever match yeah. they won those belts. But even still, it's cool that they're doing that. They acknowledge it at least, yeah. I think like, literally after this pay-per-view, Vince is like, nah, I don't want to acknowledge their side of history ever again. They just renamed it The Bash. <laughs> <laughs> London has so many botches in this. Yeah, so... Such a mess. Like when you and I watched this ad, it was like literally we had to keep pausing it because it's like yeah. they're like so many mistakes were being made. Like London does a counter and he botches a hitch toss and then he botches a comeback dive. It's the type of botches where you fear for both men. Yeah. yeah. And it gets to the point as well where Kid Cash is getting progressively more annoyed. Yeah. Like he and just, then he starts stiffing him. So it's yeah. like one lad's fucking up, the other lad is beating him up for fucking up. It's not fun to watch. And this is your fucking tag team title match. This is meant to be representative of the division as a whole. This is the tag scene on SmackDown. This is your bit of high flying. Yeah, yeah. It's we're so spoiled for choice now because, mm. like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the main eventers are doing more high flying spots than these supposed. Like, yeah. yeah, and they're doing it without killing themselves as much. 
Jamie Noble has like Lou Roll on his foot and it was very distracting. <laughs> Noble and Kendrick have a great sequence. Jamie Noble is he gets the WWE style. London Kendrick keeps spamming the same double team moves over and over again. Yeah. Oh my god. Until so they boring. get it right. So boring. It's not even an exciting move. It's like just jumping off doing axe handles and it's shit. It's the one like. where, like, say me and you are working together, Billy, I'll hold Kevin's arm out long-wise, and then you jump off the top rope and do the axe handle onto it. And it's like, oh, let's do it again. What a maneuver. And again. And then they, and again. they do a dive, and, like, no one makes any reaction. And Kendrick is just like, come on, for fuck's sake! And it was like, yeah! Oh. The begs for yeah. applause. Desperate. <laughs> it's like CM Punk with the WWE Championship when he comes back. Come on, for fuck's sake! <laughs> we have to make a go of it! <laughs> Hot tag to Paul London. He uh, skins the cat and gets an amazing reversal. He's like back in, and we get a kick right to the face. Yeah, it's great. He comes close to breaking his neck, though. It's really a proper scary. foot on the mat. So the pitbulls, like they're really like cheating. They're working over Kendrick. You know, we get some sick. Jamie Noble out of the four of these lads, Jamie Noble. You can see why he's still an agent and a producer yeah. there. He gets it, and he is safe and spectacular at Absolutely. the same time. Kendrick as well I put in that category yeah yeah. now that he's back Kendrick and Noble are like reams above like there's so many botches in this match but like 90% of them it's London yeah. and Kid Cash for their various reasons we got another hot tag this time to Brian Kendrick and uh, prototypical JBL this is like a proto Jack in Tekken you mm. know it's a robot JBL with uh, sunglasses and a hat on new ball game new ball game <laughs> <laughs> and at no point in a game of baseball is there going to be a new, <laughs> new game. Ball. <laughs> like, uh, this one's born. New ball game. Woo! Get the new team out here. Cash falls on Brian Kendrick's neck as he bumps. Fuck, uh, just like the simplest thing. It's like yeah, so basic, amateur. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I feel like I've been really harsh on Kid Cash, but like I knew mates of mine who were in a band and did a couple of, like wrestling crossover things, literally around the, like a year or two after this, and Cash was like a total dick. He was total, like, big league fucking, you know, wouldn't talk to them. Like, they were going to do a thing, like, where they were in the audience at an indie show he was at. And he was going to, like, you know, pick on them. They were going to do a thing to stand because they were doing a show later on in the week right. in the same arena. And he, like, fucking kayfabe them. They're all mad wrestling fans. They yeah, knew who he was. Say. And he, like, wouldn't talk to them about what they were doing beforehand. And he, like, he stiffed my mate, like. Wow. Literally, he dragged him into the ring and he started stiffing him. What a cunt. Thankfully, Scotty Too Hotty was on hand. <laughs> and he was really cool. I'll say before I say again my house is burning down I hope you're the man they come to put it out Scotty too hotty you're a good boy fucking fans start booing the kick out <laughs> yeah they just want it over <laughs> so, oh my god Brian Kendrick kicked out all this trash that's coming in the ring like. they're really starting as they mean to go on aren't <laughs> it's they the first match <laughs> the crowd are fed up we're in it for a long night and this is before they know about all the fuck. this is like yeah. the start of the night when the card is no is like is intact they yeah. think we're getting Lashley they think we're getting Carly they haven't like. even thought about enzymes <laughs> <laughs> We got Drop Salt, Sunset Flip Combo to Kid Cash. His selling sucks. London and Kendrick win. Mercifully. Oh my god, this match sucked so much. Yeah. Awful opener. Like, this is the kind of match that I think... Like, remember we talked about this before, you know, the Edge year where it was like in 2000, like, you know, Edge and Christian would have a match with the Hardy Boys and we're like, yeah, it's alright. If we saw it in 99, we would have been like, whoa, stole the show. But now in retrospect, it's like, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Here, even in 2006, it feels like this is like 
No. No. Just not good enough. Dreadful whenever you watch it. Like, honestly, this is the kind of thing you'd watch this and then you would look at TNA and go, that is a viable alternative. Yeah. Because they actually have high flyers. Absolutely. The fucking want to be there. Misery guts, kid cash. How's that MMA career working out like? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> just because you take it seriously doesn't mean you should be any good at it. <laughs> Backstage. The great Cali. I forgot who his little buddy was. Yeah, it's Davari. Davari, yeah. Why do we have to call the Undertaker out now? Do it later tonight! What do you think you're going to go? This Punjabi prison match is yours! No! You can do it later! Why do we have to wait? What do you say about time? I understand that bury him in the ring! We can do this later! Why do we have to do it now? Why can't you- Put that to God! Just wait! And of course, Davari, who even though he's a uh, Iranian American, depending on what they want to call him this week, just put him with Grey Cali because fuck it, like they, you're from another country, you're a heel. They give him such a Han and Chewy dynamic. Well, like, yeah, he is that's exactly what the it's only like. The one that can understand Cali and like try and control him. So Cali wants the Undertaker right now. Why? Because he's seen his elevated liver enzymes. Like <laughs> I gotta go out there before they fucking find out. He chokes Davari. We get Teddy Long coming out next. <laughs> In his traditional bright red Smackdown GM suit. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this is the fucking darkest timeline Teddy Long coming out in a red suit, no dancing, no smiling, all business. Comes out and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great American Bash, Bobby Lashley. Bobby, Bobby, failed his physical examination. And now he has elevated enzymes of the Randy Orton sorry the liver <laughs> so he's got elevate like they go straight shoot with this yeah, yeah straight into it here comes Bobby Lashley he's not gonna take any of this and uh, he's dressed to wrestle and he looks like he's also dressed to take drugs as well yeah. if I'm perfectly honest <laughs> Bobby Lashley put on 100 pounds of muscle in his first year in WWE whoa 100 pounds 100 pounds fuck off 100 pounds <laughs> jeez <laughs> oh my god <laughs> don't test him for elevated liver enzymes test him for a zip to see if he's actually stolen another man's body and just put it on like an Aqua Team movie what the fuck? Like, of course he's doing drugs. So he's just saying, no, Bobby, you know, none wrong. It's just that we've taken a long-term view of your health. Fucking two more strikes, mate. That's your long-term yeah. view. So, yeah, no Bobby Lashley tonight. And Bobby cuts an impassionate, terrible promo. Mr. Lashley, would you like to say something? Mr. Long. Mr. Long, with all due respect to you and the doctors, I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with me. I came all the way down here to get my title back and I'm ready to fight. I want you to understand one thing. I want you to compete tonight. In fact, I think it's a damn shame. But you see, I owe it to you and all the WWE fans to assure that this administration takes a long-term view of your personal health. Believe that. 
doesn't care. It's like, fine. I got paid for showing up, so... <laughs> yeah. You tell me I'll get a uh, a shot as soon as I'm back. I'll take that. I'll go on a little holiday. He actually pretends to hold back tears though at the yeah. end. And he says, "There's nothing wrong with me." We get a let him fight chant though. Like Bobby is like he's been pushed to the fucking moon. They make it yeah. Bobby Lashley since like he's a fan favorite. Yeah, they are. They're giving him like you know like the old Ryback pusher, like yeah, you know, as yeah. in not quite Goldberg, but they're making out he is a big deal. He is mm-hmm. going to be a top guy. The fact he never became a world champion is astonishing to me, given how much they pushed mm. him. And he gets an even bigger push later on after this, when they do him and McMahon. Yeah. Like, that'd be an interesting one to look at. I think it? that would be a very good storyline to do. Ooh. Just Lashley three or four episodes, McMahon. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Modern day Vince McMahon and Austin. It's Bobby Lashley and Austin. <laughs> Except there's a do-rag this time. Let him fight, Chance. Unfortunately, he can't. So I beg to ask the question, why do this segment? Yeah. It's basically underlining how disappointed you're going to be. We get a slow, sad Hulk walk out to the back as Bobby Lashley. <laughs> so we're getting Finley versus Regal now. This well, is Finley and Regal come out to sort of say, "Raise my hand, I'm the winner of the Raise US my hand. <laughs> my name is Finley, and they don't like me on the microphone. I'll tell you the one thing. I, anytime I see Finley, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there's like one promo that he did, and I like to think it's the promo that they heard. They're like. Yeah, we're never giving him the mic. It's like literally, you know, Finley, what, what are your thoughts about your match here tonight? Shh, what are you worried about? Iran's nuclear program? <laughs> no, <laughs> my name is Finley and I love to fight. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I fucking love Finley. Oh, I love yeah, Finley Finley's the fucking best. Finley is awesome. What do you think of uh, this one? Your first time seeing some of Finley, then uh, Adam Woodman. You didn't watch this time. Yeah, I, I completely missed out Finley's WWE run altogether. He's fucking great. He seems to be from the same sort of William Regal school of pull a big silly face and beat the fuck out of your opponent. Make Sore look looking great. wrestler. Yeah, yeah like, I love it. Don't it, tell him wrestling's fake. <laughs> He'll show a, you otherwise. There, like. There's a there's a video of a journalist a journalist talking to him about wrestling being fake. He says, "Is this fake?" He takes his hand. Pops his finger out of the socket, <laughs> then pops it back in, so it's like, as if there's, there's no evidence I've done anything, and says, "Was that fake, fella?" <laughs> Whoa! What do you think of uh, Finley's Titantron? Oh, with this fucking teletext graphics in the background, <laughs> like a little portrait of his face, bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> So Finley's out here with Regal because the two of them are like kind of buddy buddy heels, and they have been like Finley has been feuding with Lashley for a while. They're basically using Finley to get Lashley over, mm. and also Regal has already been used to get Lashley over. One of Lashley's first matches was actually Regal and Dave Taylor again, another guy very much of the same cloth, and a handicap match against Lashley, and they made him look like a million dollars. So you better believe this is U.S. Championship. Finley defending and Regal's in there. These two lads were there to make Lashley. This is going to be Lashley's fucking big, like, yeah. this is like gonna a star. Be it. Yeah, this is like when they put John Cena in there with Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. It's like, make him look good, please. Yeah. So we are left in a very awkward position. It's going to be Finley versus Regal. Like, I like that they go and they're like, look, you two are still going to have to fight. And both are like, no, we don't want to fight. So it's odd and it's weird. Mm. I don't, are the fans into this? No. No. Because, it, like, this is the thing that Teddy's meant to be sort of like, yeah, you're not going to get your Bobby Lashley, but oh, you guys are going to fight. And the crowd is meant to be, oh, 
Oh, they didn't see that coming. Oh, we don't want to see this. But yeah, everyone's still like, well, I'd rather see Bobby Lashley. So they just don't give a shit. It's not the match they wanted. I mean, I'd be cheering knowing that it's not going to be another fucking, like the tag team match is finally over. Like, <laughs> why don't we bring out our tag team champions and have a do-over? Like, it's fucking, it's weird to start. I mean, they come out together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have separate entrances. Finley hates elevated enzymes. He's absolutely so annoyed he asks for his hand to be raised, and Teddy's like, he's booking it straight away. JBL, with his classy line, says, I got a liver like Jake Roberts, and my enzymes are fine. Ooh. I don't think you understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. like, JBL says, this match is bad for the Northern Ireland peace process and the Good Friday Agreement. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's no DUP minority government, like, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> he like. proper goes on about how, like, down to Teddy Long, the English and the Northern Irish are going to be at each other's throats again. Because of Teddy. Yeah. I, I kind of, this is the point where I was going to ask the question, who understands the peace process less, someone from England or JBL? <laughs> Probably quite close, yes. like, where JBL eloquently goes, it's like going to the UN and putting something to make everybody fat. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. Let me tell you something, Jerry Adams and the rest of Sinn Féin. This is going to be like going to the UN and putting something to make everybody fight. <laughs> like, Regal checks underneath the ring for the little troll. The, the little green bastard. light under there. So this is Hornswoggle has just kind of been brought into the mix. <sighs> Fuck you, Billy. <laughs> I mean, mate, it, it gets worse. It gets revealed that Hornswoggle is Vince's son. Then it gets revealed that he's Finley's son. Aww. So this is at least before they made the mistake, because they genuinely later on made the mistake that like he is small and he is someone's son in the storyline. Therefore, he is a little boy. Like so that that, that, that <laughs> he's, he's, a child. he's a child. He's not a man. He's a child. Yeah, yeah. They he's from, a child. Like, literally, it's like he's a small. It's a small person, and he has been booked as a son. Therefore, he's a boy. And like if you watch that <laughs> stuff, that is how they booked him, and it's so weird. They had a fucking whole thing where Vince McMahon is like whipping him like, I'm going to beat you. It's, what? No? Yeah. You've got a man being a little boy on TV. So, as weird as it all is, I actually prefer when they called him the little bastard. Yeah. Because, like, if you're going to humanize him and make him a little boy, (laughs) it's so much weirder. It's so much weirder. So they're just referring to him as that little bastard, the little goblin, the little troll. They're like, every time he appears, Hornswoggle, like Michael Cole loses yeah. his shit. It's like, little ah, bastard. Yeah, Michael Cole's seen all the Leprechaun movies and he's really scared by it, you know? <laughs> oh man, this is like admirable on Finley and Regal's part. Because you know these two are like, we can do it. Like, you know, yeah. they're like putting it over in the back. Yeah. I mean, impressive. They work so much harder than this situation deserves them to work. It is an uphill battle for the two veterans. It's like DLC hard mode. Like, this yeah. is nightmare mode. It's like, you're both heels. You're actually working together. Knowing <laughs> the crowd wants to see you. And the big star has been given a write-off in the worst circumstances. And you've both, and you've both got a very slow, methodical style yeah. as well. And you've only got five reversals. You're never going to be able to do it like... Oh man, so straight away Regal gets grabbed by Hornswoggle. It's like, and he's got a little shillelagh, like, he's yeah. chasing him around. I'll be honest, I said, yeah, go on, Ireland. You know, that's kind of symbolic of, you know, chasing around a very terrified, very English man going, <laughs> <laughs> some great faces. It is, it's a basically, the opening part of this is an interpretive dance of the Easter Rising in Ireland, like, 
of a, a terrible English gentleman running away from a small, unimposing man with a little stick. We definitely get a lot of home improvement noises from Regal. Oh, <laughs> man. We do get our grunt of the night in this match. So I'll just let you know that right now. European uppercut city. I fucking love this. These two bake their shite out yeah. of each other. Did you see the fucking amazing collar and elbow tie-up they get on each other? Grappling, like locking horns, pushing against each other. And then they both manage to climb out of the ring and get yes. onto the apron without letting go of the hold. Like, they climb out one leg at a time perfectly. That's the type of shit. It's like when you hear, like, you know, about wrestlers where it's like, let's not bump as much. But let's still put on like something amazing. Like, something this is, is entertaining. Yeah. Like I, I I'm never going to you know hold against the wrestler for having self interest and self preservation. Do it. Like there is a reason why Finley and Regal wrestled into their late forties yeah. is because of shit like this. But that innovation, that's so great, and they're bringing out yeah. some of that world of sport here stuff that no one in the crowd has seen. And they do start to react to it. Yeah, well, when they start doing all like the Johnny Saint style finger wrestling, yeah, like it, it really works. Oh, joint manipulation there. I don't know if they're <laughs> someone should tell Nigel McGuinness just to fucking calm down. It's grand. You can do it. I, I'm, every single match, joint manipulation. I don't. It's against the rules. It's not. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> so here's a question for both of you. Seeing as we see around 86 European uppercuts now, um, it's my duty to tell you on behalf of the great country of the Republic of Ireland and the European Union, my buddies, (laughs) that you are no longer allowed in post-Brexit UK to use the European uppercut. You don't have it anymore. It's ours. It's ours. I'm doing a weird... The long finger. The long finger with a little claw. Yeah, you can tell me and Adam are laughing, but we're also deeply hurt on the inside. We didn't vote to lose the European uppercut. The 48%, they want to do the uppercut, man. So we do get our grunt of the night here. It's when they're doing the finger offense. Finley gets Regal's hand and he spreads his fingers out in the sort of the live long and prosper thing. <laughs> and then he rams the webbing of Regal's fingers into the top rope. Doesn't look that bad, but Regal's reaction is, We don't We don't cry! <laughs> rolling around like screaming like it's, it's like his weak spot it's like watching bottom or something yeah it really is <laughs> it's a mouse trap on the nose like, <laughs> Regal like gets killed in this like he goes out of the ring like to grab his breath because Finley keeps going after his hand then like Hornswoggle bites his hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he falls into a lot of mouse traps afterwards like. JBL starts talking about how Finley grew up in the troubles and uh, the mm. violence moulded him into the man who loves to fight today and he's like like he's Bane (laughs) (laughs) you merely adopted the troubles I was born in it moulded by it I bought so much umbongo from Asda (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see the Good Friday Agreement till I was but a man (laughs) (laughs) JBL JBL says that Finley's gonna have a pint of Guinness after the match (laughs) And you know what? He's going on talking about the troubles. It's not as offensive as when Taz in uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 is like, Whoa, Cole, you seen Finley? He grew up in the troubles. Bombs going off. Oh, <laughs> Bits of pubs and restaurants flying overhead. It's a war zone. Just you saying that, how Taz covered it just made me think of like, Taz doing Ireland like the same way he did blind. It's like, I'm Irish, (laughs) Jill. There's so many bombs going off. I don't know what's going on. I sure hope there ain't a hard border here. (laughs) Love how these two still play the technical heel. Yeah. Because it's funny, uh, when high dressing at the moment, we've watched some matches where it's like face versus face and heel versus heel. And like for a new fan, like, that's such a weird dynamic. 
because very often if you do heal versus heal, someone becomes face for the night. And it, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. It only works when it's like someone who actually it's a, a heal you want to cheer. Yeah. Here, these guys are the hated of the hated, yeah. and no one's a face for the night. No. Regal's a shithead and a scumbag, and Fiddley's somehow even worse. And you're actually not rooting for either man. You're just witnessing what these <laughs> yeah, terrible right. men are yeah. doing to each other, and I I love that. Like it's so unique. And I can't think of any of the matches booked like no, this. No, no, no. That's true. Well, that's because it probably wasn't really booked because it would have been done yeah, last minute. on the floor. They're, they're just like doing it. Well, going out, we're not going to compromise in any way. We're our characters. We're just going to fucking do it. It's so funny that they start talking about these elevated liver enzymes. It's really interesting because this was a big, like, this was like a, a sweep. Like, you obviously a lot of people here tonight. You had some guys on the Raw brand as well who were caught up in a round of testing that they did. It was seen as being the first actual time that the wellness policy was taken seriously. Because I've been reading all the, like, uh, you know, the figure four dailies and all the kind of newsletters and some of the forums and news sites from the time and what they're saying. And before this point, everyone is like, oh, the wellness policy was literally just put in because of you know PR, Eddie Guerrero dying. They're just doing it just to say it. No one's going to fail this thing. And this being a very public, like almost a public shaming with Lashley and yeah. how the other guys get taken out of these big spots and over on Raw as well. This was viewed as being like the first time that, oh, this policy's for real. Mm. Unless yeah. you're Andy Orton. But it's for real otherwise. Yeah. So, so it was it's a code word then for you've done drugs. I mean, they Because have... that wasn't made clear. No. Like, I thought like everyone was getting sick. Like, they were like, feeding them something dodgy and catering. Like. <laughs> right, I'll tell you, man. Like, there are a number of reasons why the enzymes in your liver could be elevated. There's a number of reasons. Oftentimes, you could be taking vitamins or supplements or like perfectly legal workout stuff that can result in your liver being shifted. You can also have you know, natural elevation of your liver enzymes for various reasons. To be honest though, the main thing that does it is steroids. Yeah. So, how would, how would it, how would it, if it, like, say it wasn't steroids, how would elevated liver enzymes impact you as a wrestler? Why would it be such a big deal to stop you wrestling? It could have an impact on like your metabolism and how your heart is working, stuff like that. It's generally speaking, it's like, it's it's a warning sign. Or yeah. Maybe not, it's not like, oh, he's dead because of li elevated liver enzymes. But if you're going in, you're wrestling, you have elevated liver enzymes, it could mean there's, you know, extra strain on your heart because if one organism isn't working, others will mm. maybe try to compensate. The end of the day, though, you're looking at that not going, oh, your liver is not too good, champ. Better sit this one out. It's, oh, you've probably taken something you shouldn't have. Yeah. So this was viewed as being a very public... Like, everyone was saying, oh, it is definitely steroids, even yeah. though they, they, the results are always kept confidential. £100 one year <laughs> I'm just saying that's a lot of fucking muscle JBL with the with the line of the night I don't even know we had enzymes Cole <laughs> I failed my GCSEs they're hard <laughs> fucking hideous a massive boring chant Cole acknowledges it says these guys clearly want to see Bobby Lashley <laughs> Regal gets killed some more by Finley. He gets trapped in the apron and Finley just wails away and he baits the shot. Poor fucking Regal is like, <laughs> it's great. Regal loses his boot. So he yeah. comes out, like I think they implied that Hornswoggle has nicked his boot. Yeah. He's in the ring. His hand is fucked. He's hobbling around. He's absolutely dying. And then Finley just rears back and stamps on Regal's foot. <laughs> he makes a face like he's just drank a big cup of piss from yeah. Chris Jericho. I love it. 
Regal is like literally on his last legs and I love <laughs> that he's just going for like a, a quick roll up holding the yeah. tights he tries to get the shillelagh Finley hits him with his own boot and uses ropes for leverage when he rolls him up and Finley wins double heel wow I loved this man I yeah. did the crowd didn't I did no. yeah. wasn't for the crowd I don't no. think I mean, I've said so many times, like, oh, the crowd are into it, I can't be into it. But it's almost like the crowd not being into it made it better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like they were continuing to do it in spite of the crowd. Yeah. Like, they're not going to cheer, let's have something to not cheer for. It's like, because they're the type of guys that Regal and Finley are. Like, if you're going to boo us, here, have this. I, I, lo- I love it, because it was initially, like, it wasn't for the fans, they didn't play to the crowd all, you were seeing two guys in there, like, if it was a shoot, yeah. that's how they do it. And, like, if they tried to play to the fans, or tried to, like put a little something like that in there like Regal's like well I'm going to fight for the good yeah. people here it would have compromised the characters yeah they would have would have hated more so yeah. what we got here was one of the best heel on heel matches I've ever seen yeah. and fucking hell I mean I'm, I'm enamoured with Pete Dunne at the moment I think he's like, mm. he's oh, yes. setting the world on fire I've seen him live and seen him do you know a lot of this stuff the joint manipulation the old world of sport heel work of like just stamping and biting and just being mm. horrible and Finley is a master of that. How Finley never got a push is beyond me. Like it's mm. shocking, but this is kick ass. I loved it. And Finley as well, <laughs> winning the way he did was so fucking heelish. I, I loved the the, uh, the leprechaun picks up the belt and starts running around with it and Finley just pushes him over. Yeah. He says that, that's my belt. <laughs> oh. No, no US championship, only the cruiserweight championship for you, Hornswoggle. Oh god, he did. Yeah, he retired it as well. <laughs> the lineage is Hornswoggle and then TJ Perkins. <laughs> Not too thrilled with either, to be honest. Found it in a bin after like <laughs> <laughs> Shadow backstage. You ready for tonight? I think. Not as much as I can be. We've been through a lot together, right? Yeah. We're like family. Your last name's not Guerrero, but it might as well be. I feel like a Guerrero chavo. Ever since you won the world championship at WrestleMania, all of your fans have been proud of you. And you know who else has been proud of you? Yeah. Maybe. All of Eddie's fans. They've been proud of you. You know what? I felt that, man. I felt that a lot. The Guerrero family has been proud of you. And I, I, I've been proud of you, brother. I've been so proud of you. You're living your dream, your dream, okay? One of Eddie's last dreams, one of Eddie's last his last dreams was to, to regain the world championship. So in a sense, you're living Eddie's dream. Tonight, Ray, tonight, tonight, I'm here to make sure that dreams do come true. Thank you, Carl. Okay, appreciate it. Gracias. I will betray you later on. Oh, yeah. this ruined the main event for yeah, me, this absolutely. segment. I, I so saw on this the coming. nose. Because I know he does it. I didn't know. I thought it was SummerSlam when he did it. I may have got it mixed up in my head. But like here, as soon as he's like, hey man, Eddie's looking down on you. I'm going to fucking betray you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that they're still using the Eddie storyline for Ray as well. Like, oh my They gosh. have milked Eddie's death for all it was worth. There was a part of me that was kind of... I remember all the stuff around Survivor Series and right after that, I'm like, 
He's not even cold in the ground. Yeah. Leave it be. This is like six months, seven months after the fact. He is cold in the ground and it's actually somehow even worse. Yeah, stop Like, it. oh my fucking God. Eddie's fans and Eddie's ghost are so proud of you, Ray. You're living Eddie's dream. Oh no. It's so uncomfortable. You are Eddie now, Ray. You're the new Eddie Guerrero. Peels off the match. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable, that. Oh, man. Coming up next, a fucking fiery feud oh, this is. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> fuck you, Billy. Yeah. All right, that last match was good, but fuck you. We're yeah, not done. Right back. We're right, right back. back. Matt Hardy versus Gregory Hounds. <laughs> He should have just stayed as the hurricane. Honestly, why would they make him into a serious fucking? Why would they ever drop the hurricane? That was a money gimmick, man. It was. I mean, that was a gimmick that would have gotten him work for the rest of his life. Instead, we get Heel Helms, who, when he turned heel, the first thing he did was feud with Jerry Lawler. As you do. As you do. Then he transfers over here to SmackDown. He has become the Cruiserweight Champion, which is a belt that literally no one gives a flying fuck about. And he's wrestling someone who's not in the Cruiserweight division. Literal, like, silence. Yeah. The worst thing I hate about Gregory Helms is he's got that kind of music where it's like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, and like, it, there's so much dead air. Yeah. You can hear the you can silence. Hear the silence. Like having a, you know, Seth Rollins. If I oh, was, yeah. that's <laughs> like, you could be doing anything. <laughs> you could be singing "Abide with Me" when I come out, and I wouldn't know with that music. This is just like, look how not over he is. My brother saw. I remember watching this pay per view. My brother's seeing Gregory House with his little beanie hat and his long fucking coat. I'll never forget him calling him an ugly sex pirate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was. <laughs> and then, of course, Gregory Helms, his other great gimmick he had when he was still wearing his little beanie hat and his little you know, sleeveless trench coat. Oh, it's Matrix Revolutions. Uh, he, would, uh, he would appear on the screen. A little head would pop and go, Hi, I'm Gregory Helms. John Marston's not very good, but hey, I'm just saying. And then you disappear again. <laughs> and the best thing about that is that there was no follow-up on it. Oh, for oh, fuck's Miz and Morrison made fun of it on the dirt sheet, and then he stopped doing it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it's like backstage when he's like, oh, I don't even mention the dirt sheet. Oh, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> Fucking shit, create an entrance. You know what? If you're someone and your creator wrestler looks remotely like Gregory Hams, you're boring. You're boring. Yeah. You're not playing SmackDown with me. Fuck off. <laughs> he uses shit creator wrestling music and hat. Expect him to have like tribal tattoo one or something <laughs> as well. This would have gotten a bigger pop, but the crowd is all tested for elevated lever bad times. So <laughs> they're not having here it goes. <laughs> when Matt comes out, they go, you know, Matt Hardy was cruiserweight champion once, but he's gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bit of a gut on him now. Oh, if no. you can't say it in a way that doesn't bury him, just don't say it. <laughs> just say he's put on mass. <laughs> Joey Styles. Mass. Yeah, Joey Styles would be right there with the lean muscle mass chap, but instead it's like Cole. Please describe this literally any other way, but the way you oh. did. <laughs> 
he was a cruiserweight, but he's been putting some substances into his body, which have caused him to uh, balloon slightly. <laughs> Gained a hundred pounds in a year. This is why he tested positive for grapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maharani's awesome right now, but just never, if anything, this never podcast, forget never grapes. forget. Yeah. JBL with the worst accolade ever. Gregory Helms is the only ever WWE and WCW Hardcore champion. So. WCW had a hardcore belt. I know, yeah. (laughs) That belt is so irrelevant, right? The WCW hardcore belt that, you know, fucking Meng, who was was Haku. Yeah. He took the belt with him when he showed up at Royal Rumble 2001 and debuted there. We forgot to mention that. (laughs) Literally no one. The episode's been out two years. Not a single person's everyone. (laughs) You guys forgot no one cares. You you obviously don't remember that WCW hardcore match we uh, reviewed with uh, Vito Vefestus. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was hardcore. Oh, that was with, what's his face? Uh, It was not Terry Funk was in there, was he? Big Vito and, uh, what's the name of your man with Jericho? Ralphus. 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 I said Festus. Yeah, you said Festus. No, Biscuits and Gravy made Festus a man. Gravy just made Ralphus whatever the fuck he is. Another set of characters I would have liked to have seen on this pay-per-view. Jesse and Festus. You know, Vito as well. Vito, yeah. With his dress. What happened? What happened to 2006? It wasn't as... uh, as Bright and colourful as I remembered it. Yeah, it's a lot more volatile. It's a lot more Gregory Helms versus Matt Hardy than we remembered. These two have like a back like I never knew this at the time, but these two have like a whole rich backstory. Like do you know like they've they known each other for years. Yeah, they were in like Gregory Helms was in the Hardy Brothers, their little backyard wrestling thing. They're in really? Omega. Yeah, they're all like wrestling mates together, wow. like super close. You wouldn't know it from here. They no. don't make any reference you, to it. Like you'd you'd think as well that they could turn that into like a decent story in yeah. rings. they've known mm. each other for so long they know each other's moves like you'd think like you could have loads of interesting counters of everyone's moves or at least a bit of chemistry no, this like. is so f- it's like they've met for the first time yeah. and one of them's just killed the other's dog the announcers are <laughs> the announcers just like you know Zed Hardy's never been a top guy that's oh it, my like. god, lads. And now he's wrestling Gregory. That makes oh. both of them look crap, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. It's like Might as well just go, I wish Jeff was here. Oh. <laughs> JBL mentioned how the Hardy Boys first got their championship win from the Acolytes back in the day. I think mm. it's really, really cool. He then randomly says, I created the Great American Bash. Mm. No, you didn't, mate. <laughs> his game is elevated, not his enzymes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Guys, you gotta wait till he's a show afterwards before you start making jokes about it. They trade momentum over and over again. No one really reacts to either move. They react when Matt starts like mocking the hurricane pose and stuff like that. We get like a couple that, of, yeah. like, they mock each other's old gimmicks. Like, at one point, Greg does the fingers, and you're like, uh... Yeah, it's and cool. And Matt's like, what's up with that? Uh, <laughs> cringe. We get a swinging neckbreaker off the top rope by Gregory Hounds, which is an awesome, innovative move, somehow made better by JBL going, right out of my playbook there. That's a great <laughs> <laughs> He's just putting himself over. He's <laughs> lying. <laughs> I in that move. <laughs> if he did it now, it would be funny. Like, But like the fact that he was wrestling two months ago and he could barely fucking take a back bump, he was so fucked. Like. I love it so much. <laughs> Matt Hardy starts making his comeback. He hits the side effects, goes for the twist of fate. It's reversed into the nightmare on Helm Street. Oh, oh. Jesus. Yeah, it's every time you think that this match is over, but it's just a nightmare and it's yeah. still going on. 
Got a Kick-Out, Sweet Shining Wizard by Gregory Helms. He tried to make that move cool again. Moonsault by Matt Hardy, which is very yeah, impressive well to done. see. You know, Matt Hardy pulling out the big guns. Roll up with the tights. Fucking deep. Like, mm, yeah. a, a deep roll up with the <laughs> deep, tights. Deep, tights. Like, any deeper, not only could Gregory Helms have won the match, you could have checked Matt's prostate as well. Like, it was, he was right up there. Like, he had a wristwatch before he did this roll up. Now it's gone. Gregory Helms wins. Ball game. Right. We got there in the end of it's it. Over. Yeah, you it's over. It's finished. It wasn't bad, but it was just like, you know, no heat. Yeah. I literally just, I've nearly fell asleep during that match. Nothing technically wrong with it. It's just boring, completely damp. No don't, one gives Don't worry, Adam, okay? We're, we have to, t- you know, you know the way it works, okay? You know, some of the guys come in, boom, boom, boom. we got to take them down, then we bring them back up. We take them down, boom, boom, boom. Here, we're going to take them right back up. Here comes a great Cali, yeah. Great Cali stomping out here. He's pissed now. And yeah, he says he's going to uh, he's going to come out. He's going to get the Undertaker now, now, right now. He's going to get the Undertaker now. And Devari's like, no, we've got a match. Like, we'll like do in that. a minute. Yeah, <laughs> literally the next match. Why don't you just wait for two minutes? This is great. This is literally like they're all standing around going, the match is going on. Like, how are we going to fucking do this? It's like, all right, uh, Undertaker, if you just say you're looking for me, and then you just fight each other, and that'll be grand. Like, out of character, Undertaker just stood there in his fucking coat going, yep. you looking for me? Ugh. So fucking awkward. And then, who else should we throw into this mix to give this feud a little bit of salt and pepper? The fucking massive show. The yeah. big show. The How big train for life. He is fucking huge here. Yeah, he is. Like, this is big show at the end of his rope. It's like, I want to retire this year. Why don't you pop over to ECW and do a fucking hardcore match with Ric Flair and jumping this lad was jumping in thumbtacks every other fucking oh, week to booze and misery from the crowd who didn't want to see it awful I feel so bad for him so yeah, he just starts beating up The Undertaker yeah they had like a little thing on Saturday Night's Main Event but this is like out of feud I mean yeah. Big Show's not even on this brand he's yeah, was he even, yeah why is he even here no explanation we just get Big Show ambushing Undertaker and then straight into a package for the Punjabi prison it makes Taker look like a total jabroni yeah. like he gets beaten up and Show and Kali are absolutely gassed yeah like they're both fucking oh, God, he's done nothing Kali <laughs> hasn't done anything watching other people gets his fucking <laughs> gets his dander up like you know just how elevated are his enzymes like? Because they never actually said, so he's got elevated liver enzymes. No, they too. never say that, yeah. No, they, they don't. Callie is more protected than Bobby Lashley. Fucking yeah. horrible. I bet they never even told him that his enzymes are elevated. They're like, look, just, Callie, just go over there. Yeah. Let's do something else. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to explain this so Fuck it, like. You are looking at the most dominant force in the WWE. Undertaker is nearly helpless. I have never seen anyone dominate the Undertaker like this. The great Kali has destroyed the Undertaker with his bare hand. What the hell are you kidding me? The great Kali has pinned the Undertaker. Ever since he destroyed the Undertaker. 
can start off the package with the most blatant knockoff of the Terminator theme ever yeah. to build up the prison. Like, dun 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 is right out of the House of Horrors playbook of yeah. sounds cool mm-hmm. I'm sure someone has half an idea it's got Michael Hayes' name all over <laughs> it as far as I know this is a Michael Hayes yeah. idea it's just like they didn't know until the last minute Like yeah. they, this was like they made the structure and they knew it was going to be like kind of like the Elimination Chamber but with bamboo and spikes and ropes and fucking Tuscan Raider tables yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a mess Everything about this is a fucking mess. The whole construction of it. Oh, Jesus. And you're starting this match off, and the only thing that's in my head is when Cal Lee squashed Taker in eight minutes, and this is meant to be the follow-up This to is that. the blow-up, yeah. You get a little bit of Taker in the package. Just hearing him saying the sentence, I will meet you in your Punjabi prison. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> Poor bastard. One of the reasons why they booked this is because Cal Lee was in, you know, he. we know that he was a, a cop. Mm. So they thought this was like a good prison. prey off of it. Like, it was in the longest know? yard as well. With that exactly. Way. So they put a monster filter over Callie's voice. So he's just like... <laughs> you already can't understand what he says. It's, like He's already a big monster man. You don't need to add more to it. A match the Western world has never seen. No one has seen it. <laughs> yeah. No one has seen it. Power Uji wouldn't put this shit on that. <laughs> JBL says, I've heard about the Punjabi prison, but I thought it wasn't real. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mythological Punjabi prison, man. What did you, t- did you find out when you were fucking bullying Tiger Ali Singh? Is that it? Like, you know, tell me about the Punjabi prison. It's not real, is it? <laughs> so the match is starting off. We get the video package, and then Teddy Long is like, Kali's not going to be in the Punjabi prison. You are. And Big Show with the eloquent response says but you're a Punjabi prison match <laughs> he literally sounds like Don Vio from <laughs> and Cole calls it poetic justice well the way he's been carrying on he should go to jail yeah, this they, big show they don't offer the slightest explanation like Teddy doesn't say it's like, just because you jumped the Undertaker it's punishment. You're yeah. not allowed to fight Carly. And the crowd are clearly upset. And, like, Teddy just looks like the most fucking useless waste of space <laughs> general manager. It makes everyone look bad. Yeah. Like, have Vince come out. Yeah, have a heel come like, out. That's, that's the only way this could have worked. Yeah, it's Vince. It's yeah. Vince yeah. If Vince did this. Or but you know what they could have done? If you, like, honestly, I would like this. I would have said, let's have Divari instead. Because, mm. like, Divari yeah. is, like... Divari is... All you want to see here is Taker get a bit of heat back. Yeah. You're going to have to do a Cali Undertaker rematch anyway. Why not have Taker kill Davari? Like, get the crowd rallied up. Have, like, Big Show and Cali, like, you know, bang on the outside trying to get in. Like, it would. it's only eight minutes this match anyway. Yeah. I, I would have rather seen Davari yeah. bounce around. Because Davari's fucking awesome. Yeah, he They is. put Davari in these roles and he could be taking bumps and he can fucking work. It's a shame, I think, that they thought, oh, Big Show, who... Mm. 
so obviously, if you look at him, the fucking the light is gone from his eyes. Yeah, he's yeah. not happy. He is literally his eyes are like he looks so fucking tired and sore. He is so immobile, Big Show. When you see like Big Show even now, and he's like ten years older and he's more fucking agile than he was here. Mm-hmm. Why would you go and put him in here in the first one as well? Yeah, first ever. Go out and innovate. Also, make it look good fucking shit and the music for when the, the lowering, thing is coming down yeah. and usually we get the dong 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 yeah. but instead we get the opening music from Broken Sword 2 it's like like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they played Arabian Nights from Aladdin like just WWE's track record with the stuff like this wait a minute that's Jafar oh my gosh fucking bamboo kennel from hell with slightly less dogs Oh, I was going to say the Aztec Zone in Crystal Maze. Oh, but... yes. Yeah. It's like Jungle Run. It's like Jungle it's... Run, yes. That's exactly what it is. Oh, yes. Very good. JBL, this is my favourite line in the night. And I swear this is verbatim what he says. But as the cage is being lowered down, he just goes, This is something out of Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he told me falls up with they're sharp bamboo like uh, like razor wire <laughs> they think that they've gotten this bamboo over yeah. yeah it's not it's a fucking piddly little spike that it you can is. just move it to one side if you need to like. uh, there's a reason why like anywhere where you want to steal something from they don't cover it they cover it in razor wire and not, not bamboo, bamboo. <laughs> because it's like um, it's like the space in between the sharp bamboo it's like fucking post Brexit Toblerones <laughs> yeah. it's fucking miles you'll be grand you'll be alright fucking hell Cole reads out the rules that were clearly just scribbled down on a steak wrap napkin five minutes yeah. before this thing. I didn't know this thing had rules. Apparently yeah, so. Yeah, I, I remember it. I well. thought you leave, you escape. It's like the kennel from hell. There's two cages, but you got to escape. But no, you can leave via a cage door for chamber one. But when you ask for it to be opened, it'll only be open for 60 seconds and then it closes forever symbolized by it going (laughs) and there's four of those yes four doors yeah and then the second cage the only way you can escape is by going over the top yes over the spikes there's spikes in the first cage as well yeah but you don't have to climb that one so exciting Kevin no it's fucking action packed I can't, open the door. I can't see, like, literally, I couldn't see shit in this match. Yeah, no, you can't. And Awful. This is, like, on pay-per-view, you're, and you can't see shit. Imagine if you were there live. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be furious. It's like, okay, unlike the last match where we took out the wrestler you wanted to see, we've done that, and you can't even see the wrestler <laughs> that you want to see. The Undertaker, barely, is it, is it Undertaker? You could have sent a naked meeting there and it probably would have gone away with it, lads. A bamboo cage is not scary. Something is not scary if a panda can eat its way out of it in about <laughs> 20 minutes when Big Show comes out and he's like you know he's giving it you know you have to give it the stare down you gotta stare at the structure to put it over scary and he's there staring like your time you're coming no but no oh. Big Show has to kinda crawl to get into the door the Big Show he has to crawl like a dog yeah. Yeah. to get through the little it's like getting through a dog flap <laughs> like something from fucking Home Alone it's ridiculous <laughs> I did really enjoy 
big shows selling of the predicament just in yeah. the face that he's got it's some of the best like facial work I've seen from Big Show in a long genuinely time genuinely sorry for him because like. like you're thinking there I'm going to have to fucking wrestle Batista and have fucking batteries and piss in a mug fucked at me in the next ECW tapings and probably go through a table and take a, a chair to the face and now I have to do this on my day off. Yeah, and you can hear the crowd are all just like murmuring like, is this really, are we actually Big what, Show going to Big but, Show's fighting but, on this day? But Carly. What happened to Craig Carly? And it's just, that's how the match starts off is with murmuring like the whole crowd like, is this really happening? You know when you have an elimination chamber they have to put over like over 20 miles of steel and mm. the, you know the chain all that stuff Cole slightly less impressive over one mile of material was used to create this ah material <laughs> approximately five trees <laughs> I was kind of hoping that once it started we get an ECW chant but that's not <laughs> there's also weapons in 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 in, in the ginnel of the two cages. <laughs> the, the, the ginnel. The what? The, the ginnel. What's it's a, a ginnel? It's a little alleyway, but it separates houses. Oh! oh. Like a little alleyway where you have your back gate. It's a ginnel. That's a cracking word. It's a, it, it might be a northwest thing. It sounds like a Protestant word, if I'm it honest. It probably like, is. You know. But yeah, so they have, they have a little ginnel separating. There's a table with weapons on. Those weapons do not get used in this match. No. The, they, the weapons get pushed off, and the table that they are used is used as a weapon. But not all the nice weapons that they've laid out for them. should say as well, it's a Punjabi table as well. It's not yeah. one of our regular American wrestling tables no. it's one of those dangerous like yeah. made yeah. from it, exotic wood and it's like one of those like you know in uh, Attack of the Clones where he goes and kills all the, the sand people <laughs> just kid yeah. raiders they've got all like you know beige cloth on everything and it's a bit dirty like you know that's kind of what they're doing here it's gonna slaughter them all the women the children the Punjabi prison inhabitants you mentioned earlier where he said oh it's like a movie of Steven Spielberg that makes sense now because later on he literally just starts listing movies yeah like they're in the rings goes King Kong Mangle Jurassic Park Jurassic Park that's more than fitting unfortunately how? Because it's two big fucking dinosaurs <laughs> oh, right, I see. lumbering around in a cage. Every cage in Jurassic Park is made from metal wire. Yeah. Like a steel cage like, match or a Hell in a Cell match. It's a fucking bamboo. The most you can get away with is, do you remember that bit in Rush Hour where Jackie Chan slides down the bamboo? <laughs> like, okay, in future though, when you're, if we are, there's rumours it could have happened by the time this episode goes out, there's going to be another Punjabi prison with Ginger <laughs> Mahal and Randy Orton. If you're lowering down that Punjabi prison, please do. The length of this match on the network was disconcertingly long. Yeah. Yeah. So long that I actually fast-forwarded hoping there was a Chris Benoit match smuggled in there somewhere. <laughs> Alas not. Taker walks past a special table. JBL loses his shit. What kind of table is that? Why is he looking at it? Like <laughs> a little boy. <laughs> Why are there clouds? <laughs> I literally I can't see anything in this. No, Just, it's so hard to tell what's going on. They could be doing anything in there, lads. Hurricane runners, springboards, <laughs> moonsaults. I'm assuming a lot of punches and kicks. Big Show's fucking covered in slobber. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's fucking like he looks like he's about to go into a Toby Carvery. He's like pre-lubricated his jowls. He's covered in spit. It's gross. I hate the psychology of this match. So you've got four doors in the first cage. Four, all four of them are open for sixty seconds, a whole minute. 
So the idea is you go over, you say to the ref, open the door. He will hold it open for a full minute and you just walk out. They have to pull on a big lever as well. Yeah, (laughs) so it sounds straightforward enough. First escape attempt we get is Undertaker starts climbing the cage. Yeah! <laughs> like, trying to climb over the spot. Because I was confused. Like a fucking idiot. There's Take four doors! <laughs> four to choose No from. one's told him. You've got four minutes total to escape. Don't bother climbing, mate. Michael Cole, explaining for all of us who are wondering, there are straps on these walls, much like the ones you'd see on a torture device in prison. What prison? What? I watched Oz and some fucking bad shit happens. Torture devices? Oh my god. gonna have like an Iron Maiden. It's an Iron Maiden match, Maggle. The show is so gassed, bless him. Like, they're doing nothing other than punches and kicks, Mm. but he's not, he's just not got in him. Like, he's, it's actually to the point where I think if you're putting him out there and making him go 10, 20 minutes, it's like. Seriously, like, you'd be better off not having this match. Yeah, just don't do it. Like, do a WCW fucking playbook. Have someone come out for Taker to kill. Don't do this shit. Nah. Like, it's so not for him. Big Show Buster. Big move, lads. Big move. First big move. We're five minutes into the match. We get clothesline. Whoa. Whoa. JBL, I'm loving him here. He's entertaining. He's so entertaining. He's o- oftentimes on purpose. Oftentimes not on purpose. This one's the latter, not the former. JBL, seriously, in a very serious voice, goes, Big Show was dominated Undertaker from go to woe in this match. (laughs) (laughs) Go to woe. (laughs) (laughs) That's some, like, Planet of the Apes, the musical shit. From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. (laughs) Go to woe. Go makes sense. Whoa. Because it's the start. Whoa. whoa. Does he mean whoa like, I oh, think he's been filled with misery? I yeah, think like, so. Or is it whoa? Shakespearean, that is incredible. Taker makes his comeback, busting out the big moves, punches and kicks. Mm hmm. Shows Chokeslam gets reversed into a DDT, and it like literally looks like he's broken his back to roll over yeah. and do it. The doors get opened. <gasps> the 60-second timer is on. Quick, get out. Oh, my God, it's so exciting. You know, I've actually figured out, I don't know if this is as good a place as anyway to, to mention it. I always thought I knew what the Ready, Steady, Cook theme was. And in a recent episode, I'm like, you know what would be really funny is if we had the Ready, Steady, Cook music. And, like, because to symbolize a short amount of time. This is one of those moments, and I don't, I misremembered it. So no, mate. I thought Ready Steady Cook was dun 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 But it's not. I can only get Countdown in my head at the minute. But it's not that. I only had Countdown, but I just moved on to Animal Hospital for some reason. Walking the streets now, isn't it? quickly went from Punjabi prison to a, a paedophile being freed from prison. Oh, Jesus Christ. Do you reckon that's where they kept him? I've been to Staff- I've seen Stafford prison, mate. It's not like this. For instance, the point is, it's not that. It's, it's actually... That's, uh, ready, that's ready, steady, steady cook. cook. Good sidebar. So, yeah, sidebar closed. They only have 60 seconds to get out of the Punjabi prison. Oh man, it's like a one-time opening. Then once it's open, that's it. You're not allowed 
And it's meant to be exciting when you hear that big gong. It's like, oh, now there's only three doors left. Only three combined minutes total of escape time. Like it's it's like a like a community theater play in that like the mechanism is just awkward. Like mm. it's just like undramatic enough that it's like that's not a real Punjabi prison door. <laughs> the refs look really fucking bored as well. Yeah. Like Lil Nate looks so fucking bored here. It's because he can't see what's going on in the match. Big Show gets a strap. He doesn't use it. Nope. Dork 2 closes. Is that the one where, where Big Show just goes, I'm wrapping up this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So they expose the turnbuckle and take her just, you know, because this is 2006. And honestly, a lot of people don't like the no blood policy. But when you look back and it's like, oh, it's a match and we Undertaker is in it. Blade, so, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, how unnecessary and yeah. pointless is it for this blood here? It's yeah. so unnecessary. Cole calls ECW. This is really weird. This is like only a month or two into the, the rebrand and the relaunch. But he says, yeah, of course, Big Show, the champion of ECW, the alternative to the WWE. And it's just the WWE. This is, I guess, is when still, when like, that's what Heyman wanted it to be. He wanted it to be the different show yeah. that was not the same as WWE. And he would call, you know, they were wrestlers or extremists and they were vixens, not divas, because it was the alternative. But it's Big like, Show is the champion. Yeah, the alternative to fucking WWE's Big Show, apparently. Like, like Coke Zero is the alternative to Diet Coke, basically. It's the same fucking drink, but you can But call it's for it us boys, drink. yeah. It's for us mates. <laughs> yeah, Superplex to the Big Show, that was pretty cool. Taker escapes through the door. And then I'm like, oh, so is Big Show, like, trapped in there now? Like, again, Crystal Maze, is he, like... Yeah, still one door left, baby. And this is what's awful, is because Tanker's out there. And, you know, he starts to climb up. You know, he's going to go out over the top, like, oh, watch out for those razor spikes. And Big Show just leaves. Mm. It's like the tag team cage match. It's like all the drama goes once someone leaves. Yeah. Why didn't they both just agree, right? Let's just fucking leave. Let's just leave. get out of here, yeah. Gentleman's agreement. Never trust a big show, I guess, as the old saying goes. Are those swords and leaves that we see? <laughs> yeah. Swords. swords. It's like those little wooden swords that children can get. It's going to whack each other with them. I'd love to see Taker stab Big Show in the heart. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he of, like energy comes out. <laughs> and he shrinks back down to normal size. <laughs> you know, I was actually uh, the spirit of a prince trapped in this bloated monster. For all these years, Taker gets thrown through what appears to be an ironing board. Taker then gets trapped in cage one yeah. as the gong is going off. Oh. All the doors are closed. He's just there with his hands on his hips. Oh, whoa, boy. I've done it now. <laughs> you blew it. He's gone and made a big mistake. So let's watch Big Show climb a 20-foot bamboo wall. Really slowly. Very slowly. The, the, this is like really like a fucking... It's so rickety. I'm <laughs> so scared for Big Show's safety. Oh, God. So Taker just climbs out of cage one and onto cage two in the same amount of time it takes Big Show to decide, I guess I better climb this motherfucker then. Yeah. So he's, it's like, why even do that setup if there is no... You know, I just feel like, why put yourself in a waste of time? Oh no, this thing. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. Were you worried? Good, because you shouldn't have been. We're all right now, guys. No psychology at all. One cool moment. Taker briefly doing a little bit of a Tarzan game. Yeah, he does do a swinging arm. That's nice. And he appears to do a famous sir through the table to make sure. (laughs) Okay, whatever works, man. Both men are bleeding. Completely unnecessary. Which is more punches and kicks. We've had four moves in the match. I mean, they're not capable of much more. 
A wild Kali appears. Ooh, this is going to impact on the match, I'm sure. Taker cross-bodies the big show. The cage breaks and they both go out. But Undertaker just declared the winner. He fell further out, I think. Was there like a line? Big Show yeah. landed first, but he went further. The the bit where like the ramp stops and the mat begins. That's where Taker is, cleared it, I think. So he's the winner. The, yeah, the floor is lava past that yeah. point. We're assuming so. And Carly and Deveri have only just got to the ring the, yeah. by the time that they've ended the match. We've just got, ah, like, oh, fuck's sake, lads. Fucking idiots. Fucking dreadful muck, this match. This Boo. whole match was worth it, though, for this incredible shot and this incredible grunt at the end. After Taker's walked off all celebrating, and we get Big Show on his knees doing the platoon pose. Extreme, extreme close-up. In front of the... Front. I'm going to be like the horrors of the Punjabi prison. And he's there covered in blood going, You saw the Undertaker win! (laughs) (laughs) Like it's been the most traumatic match of his life. Just to uh, point out, new favourite Big Show crying moment. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. best one here. That one. I can't believe I just had that shit match. <laughs> and Callie and Devary literally just climbed the cage and like, hey, we're hanging out. We're here too now. You know, then they leave and they kick a few things just walk off like, you yeah. know, rainy teens. That match was as bad as you thought it was. Yep. I was entertained. It was not good, but the match entertained me. I, I was not bored in the match because I was like, what the fuck, what are they going to fucking do here now then? You've got some fucking nerve. Mm. Got I, was, I did not hate this match. I did not love this match, but I was entertained by it. Mate, everyone knows Batista Kali is the real Punjabi oh, prisoner. I don't right? think I've seen that. Poser coming out here with this. Oh, the original's best. Yeah, right. Batista and Kali all the way. I will say one thing I have noticed. Something I do in my spare time, I like to collect wrestling figures, particularly ones that I've done episodes of in How To Wrestling or a relevant to our podcast. I've got a display here in the podcast room. Do you know that WWE made a Punjabi prison playset? I did. I found it while I was doing my research for this. Oh, man, I need that shit. I'm seriously... <laughs> I'm going to go to every motherfucking car boot sale in the northwest of England. Just looks so cumbersome to play with. Like you gotta have this, and you gotta reach your hand. Like you how do I get in? Like, in how do I play? Like, <laughs> if you don't behave, I'm gonna put all your wrestlers in the Punjabi prison, and you won't even be able to look at them. Mom. <laughs> Any kid that had that toy would just be like Big Show sat, sat outside the Punjabi prison. <laughs> <laughs> Can't play with. Did, you, did, you, did they make a, a Kennel from Hell toy? No, they <laughs> didn't. didn't believe they, they did. came they with three dogs. <laughs> and that's not like backstage. King <laughs> Do you know how many great men have tried to rule the world, my king? Alexander the Great, Napoleon, Julius Caesar. But all of them failed in the end. Now you, you will not fail your majesty. For tonight, you will eclipse them all. When you beat Rey Mysterio, you will become king of the world! King of the world. That's right. King of the world. Say it again. King of the Speaking of King Booker, because we're not going to have another opportunity to talk about this. Friend of the podcast and Kevin's Cinema World co-host, Sam Chaplin, 
got Kevin a little toy once. Yeah, a little noise box. It had six WWE action phrases. He got you the King Booker edition. Uh, that was one of the phrases on there. You had King Booker. You also had Batista with his uh, with his uh, very popular catchphrase. He tried to get going. You talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? And with Batista, he had a good time doing the rest of the Twenty One ad. And then he was like, "Oh, I'm Batista." And when we came out, he's like. Are you talking <laughs> to me? And if I remember correctly, the King Brooker one was, This is nothing but a shum. <laughs> nothing more than an ungrateful peasant. <laughs> I fucking loved it you so much. You would not leave that toy alone. <laughs> oh no, if someone uh, disappointed me, I would tell them that they're nothing more than a peasant. And it's like, uh... Are you enjoying your dinner there, Kevin? You make some good. It's nothing more than a sham. That's a What's sham. What's a sham? It's a sham. What is a sham? It's a shambolic uh, incident. A sham. A sham. That scraw was a sham. Can we talk about how Booker T, all right, King Booker is a weird fucking gimmick. He becomes, he's King of the Ring winner. He becomes a king. Booker T is here at the point where he's like, hey, what would it be like if I did loads of different voices? Yeah. yeah. And no one had the heart to tell him it would be weird and confusing. So he did it anyway. And he can't do voices. <laughs> broken Booker T. Yeah, I, he sounds so much like Broken I, I think it's a great character. Same. He's a king of the ring who literally thinks by winning king of the ring, that makes you a king. Yeah, he's lost his mind. He's lost his mind. It's great though, because when he went to TNA, it became even more unhinged. Apparently one of the reasons why Booker T actually signed with TNA He's gone like a year after this. He, this is the start of the end for Booker T, essentially. But one of the reasons he went to TNA is because it was in Orlando, which he lived close to, and it was on a sound stage in Universal Studios, so Booker T thought it was his ticket into movies and right. auditions and shit. So every other week he'd come up with a new voice that he would do. Yeah, he had like a British character, like... Forrest Whitaker's last King of Scotland. So is he Armin? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Scott Steiner, you did not convince me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant, I loved it. So here he's just being a, a weird king, and he says that tonight he's going to become King of the world. Of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. I honestly, at this point in the show, thought uh, this things couldn't get any bleaker. I oh, was mate. fuming at you, Billy, sat there like, I'm going to punch him in the gob when I see him. And then, the following contest is a four-way bra and panties match. Oh, Jesus. Fuck you, Billy. This is, this is a 14-year-old Billy Cable run wild over here. Yeah. <laughs> All I'll say is, right, is that there's nothing quite as hilarious as four ladies coming out for a match where the only way to win is to strip someone down to their bra and panties and Michael Cole is using the phrase I think The Undertaker has proven that he really is the king of the Punjabi prison man you can keep that fucking accolades <laughs> how many fucking recaps and chats are we gonna have like they they're filling time in this pay-per-view so much mm-hmm. in that like Every time before a match, at the start of a match, we're talking again about fucking the Punjabi prison yep. and Undertaker and over Bobby and Lashley. over and over yeah. again. Do you remember any of the women who were in this match? Like, any of them? Uh, Michelle McCool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she went her. Yeah. Crystal Marshall. Don't no. know who she is. She was actually went on to marry Bobby Lashley. Okay. We also had Gillian Hall, if you remember nope. her. Nope. No, Gillian Hall was actually pretty... Decent wrestler came up through OVW uh, under the tutelage of Jim Cornette. Was paired with JBL for a while. Then was but she was yeah. a star therapist. Yeah, and I then remember. she did uh, the Britney Spears gimmick where she would pretend to sing. That was often believed. Oh to be, yeah, uh, yeah, with your rib on Brooke Hogan. Yeah. Like. 
And who else was there? Ashley. Oh, Ashley as well, who, after leaving WWE, was caught up in an escorting scandal. So, yeah, uh, nice to look forward to. A weird match in the yeah. sense that I think one thing we came away with from the Attitude Era was going like, oh, man, a lot of this kind of racy, weird shit happened. That being said, if you look back on all the pay-per-views that we did, there's maybe, like, what, two or three of, like, here's a weird, sexy match. As in, we had the pool match in Armageddon. Yeah. We had a couple of evening game matches. But back in the day, particularly on SmackDown, because Raw yeah. was where you had Trish, Victoria, Jazz, Molly, Gale, the wrestlers. Yeah. Whereas SmackDown, your original crop of women there was, like, Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson, Don Marie, Sable, and then you come on, you've got these guys here. It was all the Diva Search rejects yeah. and stuff. It's basically on Raw, you had the wrestling women, and they still had to do the sexy gimmick shit. But here, it's like, they're sexiest women on television, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Oh, I love Friday Night Smackdown. I gotta have a wank looking at all these sexy women. Word for word quote from JBL I don't care if they're athletes, they're hot, damn hot. I don't care if they're athletes. Protect the fucking business a little yeah. bit, mate. I feel so bad because like, literally it's like, you know, Crystal Marshall is determined to win her. What are you talking about her determination for? Look at her, look at her, she's hot. Sexiest women on television, Michael. I don't care if they have talent. So what I will say is while the Adam Sarah was definitely them kind of going, hey, we can objectify women, mm. but... I don't think really it was like I mean this, this is worse yeah this is when you would have fulfill your fantasy yeah, yeah. Taboo Tuesday Taboo yeah. Tuesday to pick the outfits that they wear pudding matches yeah. you had pillow fights and just the whole diva search in general, in general yeah, yeah what that was about our man Brian Zane recently yeah. did a diva mm-hmm. search episode check it out it's like shocking like some of the stuff so while definitely the atmosphere was when they pushed the envelope this is where they're dancing around the envelope going whoa look yeah. where the envelope is we don't care anymore and some of the gimmicks here as well like Crystal for instance Crystal left the WWE because she was going to be put into the angle that Vicky Guerrero originally was put into which is the, the, the no it was like the, 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 the sexy Teddy Long yeah. general manager he was his wife and she was going to be in love with Edge and they were going to be like uh, we're like Bonnie and Clyde sexy fiends together and she was like this is horrible I'm not having you put me across as being like a home wrecker doing all this weird sexualized stuff and they're like well fine go then and she did oh, okay. Michelle McCool's gimmick here is that she is a sexy teacher yeah like literally her she was a, here, she was a teacher IRL oh. she was a teacher IRL she was a fucking grade school a grade 3 teacher so she's coming out here in her fucking Ann Summers rig attire JBL's like whoa when I was 8 I didn't have no sexy teacher what the her promos when she debuted were like, Hey everybody, I'm Michelle McCool and I'm a teacher. Some of y'all think that us teachers shouldn't be having sex with our students. Oh, oh. God. But we have needs too. You're not enough for me. So, so she's a child molester. Her gimmick is child Her gimmick molester. is she's a sexy pedophile. Yes. Yeah, okay. Jesus fucking cry. This was just after because you know South Park did episodes making fun of this at the yeah. time as well. There was a big case where it was like a 12 or 13 year old boy who was in a relationship with his grade school teacher and everyone was like oh come on you, nice. a, a woman. <laughs> yeah it's that. Like, yeah. And whatever if that like revealed that holy shit like we've got some great discrepancy here about adults going after children because that is inappropriate regardless of gender, gender or whatever. Yeah. But 
to actually go that step further and be like, am I right, guys? I wish I had a teacher like her. Like, like yeah, she'd come out like with a big ruler and like, it's just like, come on. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. And Michelle McCool has all the charisma of a fucking wet towel. She is so uncharismatic. Mm. If you're like me and you remember vividly Michelle McCool's debut on SmackDown before she had a gimmick, they literally just roped out like four random women, a couple of diva search women, most of them hadn't even any wrestling training, and they just came out dressed in bikinis and like, Hi, I'm Joy Giovanni! And and then Michelle McCool, who was like wearing a shower curtain, just went, And I'm Michelle McCool! And I'm Michelle McCool! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's so fucking awkward yeah and no one hears I mean Jillian's a decent enough wrestler but Attitude Era never coming back lol they all roll around yeah, they, they try to take clothes off each other can you call a bra and panties match you know what happens in it they pull each other's clothes but Adam guess what happens in the end even though Crystal gets stripped Ashley and Jillian are like hey who really won this match come on guys you want to see us take your clothes off Woo! And we just let each other pants each other when they're on the on the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Get a good bit of banter. JBL goes, "You should be in this match, Maggle. Why? Bra and panties." <laughs> <laughs> good burn, mate. That's so too Dissed him right there. <laughs> yeah. So I think Ashley won, or yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Ashley wins after she pulls off Crystal's top while Jillian was has her hitting at a hold. Oh, I see. So, and then Ashley pants Jillian and Jillian pants Ashley. So we had four women in this match and one winner and yet only one person managed to leave without having all their clothes no. removed. So, oh no. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> Get out of here, ghost. <laughs> oh, darkest timeline ever, Miz. Speaking of awkward divas searches, uh, it's, uh, it's young Miz. Miz! Imagine current Miz burying this fucking jabroni. Like, I, would... I just can't want to see future Miz come out and go, look at you. And like, <laughs> it's like in Time Cop, where like, you know, yeah. the baddie goes back and he's like, you gotta start being a badass and stop eating so many fucking candy bars. You look like an idiot. And like, I want future Miz to come back and be like, look at your stupid fucking hair. Like a commentary track. Yeah. Like <laughs> old stuff that he used to do. And then Miz and young Miz get pushed together and like, what are you doing? And Batista's like, you talking to me? The same matter can occupy the same space at the same time. And then they go, blah, 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 blah. And 1996 CGI, they die. Just like in Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. That's my you fantasy want bucket. Dead. I want I want no, I don't want him to die, so I want his existence to start to, <laughs> to, to obliterate to cease as a result of a paranormal um, what's the word? A paradox to stop him existing. Such a fucking smart with all your fantasy book in I hate all this fantasy book and every time <laughs> oh he go back in time and merge with them and oh, the matter can't have not your car, mate. This is the E. <laughs> he addresses his misfits straight away. Hoorah! And we would do that. He'd come out and go, Is it going to the Miz TV? Hoorah! And everyone would go, Boo! Oh, God. Miz Nation. Do you remember when Miz hosted the Diva Search? Yep. That's how he debuted, wasn't it? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Now, we all know that the sexiest women in the world, are, or the sexiest women on television, are in the WWE. And tonight, we're gonna search for the next WWE Diva. Now to vote for these beautiful young ladies, you have to vote, go to, to, <laughs> go to, uh, go to uh, WWE, 
Dial 86946 and vote for your favorite Diva Search contestant and text message your favorite Diva Search girl and do her name. So now let's bring out the Diva. There's a number to ring and I don't know it. And he tries to leave a gap there. Pushing him back and pees his pants. You know, it's literally like me on the Diva Search is like everyone's embarrassing story at the school play when they're three. Like He's just meant to be one of the three wise men, but he gets sick on everyone. So Miss is interviewing another holdover from this era. Hey, keep an eye on this guy. I'm pretty sure he'll be headlining someday. Mr. Kennedy! I hate Mr. Kennedy. He looks like such a fucking dirtbag. Oh, he is. Ken Kennedy, I don't recall ever anyone in the history of wrestling me going from, I'm a, like, this, he's one of my guys. He's, you know, if you got your, you know, the guys you secretly hope will, will get a push and you can kind of... You quietly hope. Yeah. One day. Like, he's like a jack swagger for me. I'm very well aware of, like, there's stuff working against you. But you play the cards way, you've got something that maybe some other people don't. And you just, maybe just might get a push from this. Fuck me, this dad is just a, he's a fuck up, I think is the best way to describe Mr. Kennedy. Because he got sacked because he hurt Randy Orton. Dropped him on his fucking head. Oh. After he'd come back from a long-term injury. And also, he made the very, very smart decision, Billy, after the Chris Benoit scandal, to go on Nancy Grace and national TV and go, No, sir, I've never done any steroids whatsoever. Uh, Mr. Kennedy is clean. And then he got caught up in the signature pharmacy scandal. Uh, and he came back, and I, co- I coined the phrase, Ken Skellington, for when he returned. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when you've lost so much weight, they have to change your ring attire. Fucking hell. Like, he just... And you know what, when a guy is like, oh, I don't do any steroids, and then he leaves, and he comes back, and he's like half the size, and he's like lost all his confidence, and yeah. like, what the fuck, like, get with the program, you yeah, know? he was the steroids, and clearly. You know, they like, were going to make him Vince McMahon's son. Yeah, yeah. He was going to get the push. He, he was, was the chosen one. Yeah. Fucking hell. And then there's just loads the of stories as well, of just him just being an absolute dickhead to fans. Oh, yeah? Like, he's, just, he's just not a nice bloke. No. He's one of those lads who I think it's kind of... You know, you see someone like Cody Rhodes and they leave WWE and they're like, you know what, I know I, I'm worth more, I can do better. And he goes off and he has an honest go of it. And then you see Kennedy and he goes off and TNA and has an awful, abysmal run. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I've watched some Steve Austin DVDs. I hope you haven't. Because I'm taking all his shit like. And then he's just like floundering now. You yeah. know, it's... What the fuck is the point? If it wasn't for Mr. Anderson, though, we wouldn't have got one of my actual favourite moments in TNA, which is uh, Mr. Anderson going to Samuel Shaw's mother's house. Oh, okay. Which is comedy gold. Billy, someday you and I will cover the Sam Shaw angle in its entirety. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But Ken Kennedy just... I mean, I know I'm going hard on him here, but, like, very few people remind me so much of everything that was wrong with wrestling in 2006 mm. and 2007. Yeah, absolutely. Quite right. like this guy. Because then you had people like CM Punk and Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan and all the fucking lads like Cesaro, all the lads who are now in the roster, they weren't getting a look in because WWE thought people like this yeah. who have a bit of charisma, a bit of a look, thanks to fucking steroids, and they get a bit of a time in OVW and they're going to get a big push and they fucking squander it. I hate that so much when their lads working so much fucking harder. Anyway, he's facing Batista tonight. Yay. And one of the saddest fucking things ever about this, Batista 
had his huge injury. You know, Batista got injured for ages. Yeah. He gave up his title. Most of the time in 2006, Batista was gone because of injury. And the injury happened because of Mark Henry. Mark Henry injured Batista in a match at a house show. Batista's gone for like seven or eight months. He finally comes back and he's like, I'm here for one reason. And that is the man who put me on the shelf, Mark Henry. And in the meantime, they're putting over Henry as being a fucking monster killer. Injuring guys, taking liberties. He's not safe. When you get injured and they remind you this guy has been injured by someone constantly yeah. and then that guy comes back. Remember we talked before about like how Seamus you know, injured his arm but they didn't blame it on him. It was just yeah. like, oh, I just hurt my arm because yeah. I was a goof. When you have that guy's coming back, I remember Batista's like the first night, he's like, so Mark fiery. Henry. Yeah, he's like, get your ass out here. And Henry comes out with a big smile and he like saunters to the ring like, I'm going to take my time. And then he stops and he goes, remember when I broke your back? And he, like, he does all the fucking aggressive flexing. Batista's like, I'm going to kill you. And these two lads are like, fuck yeah, freight train going into a mountain. This is going to be amazing. Mark Henry got injured. Like a week. A week after. Mm. So instead of... A big serious injury as well, where yeah. he's going to be out now for seven, yeah. eight months. Seven, eight months. Because uh, his kneecap got split on Saturday night's main event. So... It's annoying when Batista's... This is his big return to WWE. Mm -hmm. And Batista, when he left, this is after him beating Triple H and you know being anointed as a top guy top with, with Cena. And now he's back here and instead of that, you got Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> Fuck that, like. Absolutely. Another match that wasn't meant to happen. No, like, I know, right? This I think this, is cursed. this one was probably advertised the fact, though, that it's... Not going to be Mark Henry versus yeah, Batista. Yeah, that's though. true. This will this will probably be advertised as Batista speaks or something. Yeah, mm. I mean it's just it's sad like the way they do this because they tried the week before to like hastily put together an angle and try and get Kennedy over as being like a guy who's a threat. He's not like Kennedy's getting the push, but he's getting the WWE push where you're only beating guys who are well below yeah. you or losing to guys who are bigger stars. Batista coming back here with his white and red. I have christened him Nurse Tista for this tonight. <laughs> against K-Squared. The K No, you don't deserve it, Ken Kennedy. That's Kevin Kelly's gimmick. You don't get that. How bizarre is it, the difference in how Batista looks here to the big Dave we know and love today? Do you mean facially? Because yeah, it, it, it doesn't could be look a like... different person. Yeah, he honestly. had something done. Like an eye transplant yeah, something, or something. A face like transplant. A, a whole new head. It's not the same <laughs> bloke. There's a conspiracy going on here. Well, keep in mind that Batista here is in his fucking 40s nearly. Mm. Like, yeah. Batista's an old boy. And so now he's like, he's well fucking into it. I'm pretty sure Batista had like a facelift or some shit. Because he has yeah. that weird like... His head has changed shape. It's no longer square. It is round. He's got those cat eyes now that yeah. he never used to have. I feel so bad for Batista because, you know, he was... Like everything that Cena was, except that people didn't hate him. People yeah. quite liked Batista. Batista's great. I, I this era of Batista, he was one of my favorites. Like he was popular. He yeah. kids love Batista. He was like a superhero. He's like the perfect example of what Vince loves in a guy that actually has mainstream appeal and is actually you know Batista had great intensity. That fucking spine buster. He was always getting better. I felt that as entrance well. Entrance as well. I fucking love. Star. Oh, it's fucking cool. The problem was. I kept going to myself I know this I just got injured so much and he never although he never got labelled as being injury prone he's vacated a world title twice in two years the yeah. only one ever to do that he had four injuries in his career that kept him for over six months 
four. Fucking hell. And Batista was only active really from 04, well, you know, main adventure from like 04 to maybe 08, 09. And, and, 20, and 24 that. months was injured. Yeah. yeah, so he's basically spent nearly half of his run injured. And that's kind of shitty that I think if Batista managed to not injure himself all the time, you know, Would maybe... Would have been very, very different. Yeah, I don't think he'd be out the door quite as quick as he was, you know, because I just felt that it would stop and start with him so mm. many times. Brayface Cole and JBL excitedly talk about how Henry and Batista won't be settled for eight more months. I like that. They're really trying hard, you know? They're going to put over. It's okay. I can't wait for that eight months' time. Mm. Awesome. 16-month build at last. Do, do we ever get... I can't remember. Do we ever get... Batista yeah, we did get it. We finally got it. But again, by the time it happened, it was like Batista had done so many different yeah. things. Was that the one where, where Batista gets hit and he does that big funny jump back? Yeah, that was separate <laughs> on Raw. It was that another was a, time. That was a different time. That's the Foos Rodeo and Henry yeah. was, <laughs> was Dragonborn for a while. Ken Kennedy's shit tattoo. It is awful. Yeah. I just thought that was bare, worth mentioning. Yeah, like, you know. he looks awful. Batista bops Ken Kennedy before he can do his gimmick and he's about to do you know, the, the, the ring introduction. He gets booed for doing this yeah. as well. Jesus Christ, immediately Ken Kennedy gets busted open. I have he's only two questions. far too deep. How and why? Like, <laughs> he's, what he's Vince McMahon date. Like, he is his son after all. <laughs> he, he has, so he has bladed. That's no, not he's a hard def- way. No, he's definitely, definitely bladed. Blade, but what was the move that in kayfabe was meant to I think that was the... M- because he, Batista hits the microphone into his head. Oh, I thought it was like an Irish whip. Or I something. think it's the microphone that's done it. It's fucking ridiculous. But he's proper like Eddie Guerrero versus JBL yeah, bladed. Blood everywhere. It's awful. It feels like you're overcomp. Like when I see this in the first minute of the match, it's like you're overcompensating. Yeah, you've got nothing to go on here, have you? It's pretty bad when Ken Kennedy right from the referee goes, "This is a bunch of garbage. This blood is <laughs> Like, oh Jesus Christ! He feigns cowardice. And runs back into the ring and immediately eats a spear from Batista. He gets flattened. Yep. He gets the advantage with the tricks very briefly. Batista's logo on his uh, his pants. Why is that? It's when capital D's become capital B's, my friend. Very weird. Like <laughs> It's just like a D with a line yeah. running right through it there. You get a rest hold. Batista gets Ken Kennedy's blood all over himself. Everyone. All Everyone's covered in blood. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. He's breathing in, spitting out blood. Oh. Like, it's fucking horrible. Batista won't stop the corner foot choke. A massive pool of blood. Ken Kennedy wins by DQ. What kind of gruesome bullshit finish was that for Batista's comeback? The idea, I think, is meant to be Batista is such an unleashed animal and he wants Henry that... He can't be stopped. So, so have him give him four Batista bombs in a row or well, something. Well, he does that. Like, does that after the match. After match. Don't, don't have him do this really fucking violent, I'm, str- I'm strangling you with my foot and there's blood like pooling everywhere. It just looked so fucking hideous and it made Batista look like a fucking huge villain. I and also I loved every second of it. What, you see Yeah, I loved all of this. <laughs> I guess what was weird for me is the fact that Batista, when he came out, he was all smiles and handshakes. Yeah. yeah. And I think he could have done it with a promo from Batista to be like, He's, tonight you're Mark Henry and I'm going yeah. to take it all that rage yeah. and aggression yeah, that would have made more sense. because here it just feels like Ken Kennedy got sloppy busted open way too quick and just lost yeah. I don't know not why anyone man either man needed this shit match King Booker versus Ray Ray Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Championship
who wins this battle royal today gets a match with Rey Mysterio at the Great American Bash for the championship. Look at King Booker eliminated. King Will. The King Will. King Booker eliminated one man to the Great American Bash. I will beat this peasant, Rey Mysterio, oh, yeah. for the world championship. Every day I bring this world title home with me. I realize it's a gift, it's a blessing. Rey Mysterio is the greatest underdog champion of all time. Week in and week out, he continues to hold the gold. You see Rey's like this, your fairy tale dreams are now over. King of the Ring and was immediately saddled with the King Booker gimmick. I would like to ask each of you, which is your favorite crap king in WWE? Because there have been many. Everyone gets the king gimmick for a whirl. Who did it worse? I'm going to put in my favorite one, which is King Seamus or on Ordre Seamus, the High King. He's like, how he is? We're dressing up like one of the old Celtic kings of old. You know, the Celtic kings that had no land, castles, or power. Instead, they had, you know, chronogs, which are made out of old fucking twigs and <laughs> bits of things lying around. And then they punished him because he was leaving, because he thought his contract was up. So they're like, right, you be king of the ring. Dress in this stupid witch outfit and lose loads. Yeah. It was crap. I'm going to have to go with when Bad News Barrett yes. won the King yes. of the Ring. And I thought like, oh, so it's going to be King Barrett from now on. And the next night they were like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ring. King Bad News. <laughs> <laughs> King Bad News. Okay, wait, so does the King of Bad News, is he better or worse than the brief period where he teamed up with Stardust and became the Cosmic King? Cosmic King. King. <laughs> when you see Wade Barrett looking at you there with his mean face... And his degree in marine biology from the University of Manchester. I can't just help but think intergalactic regality. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And, and let's never forget the greatest king of the ring of all time, Billy Gunn. Absolutely. No. King Billy Gunn, like. <laughs> How did King Booker get himself a number one contenders match? Well, he won himself a battle royale. Not so bad. Simon Dean spotted. Yeah, with the face <laughs> on the back there. Yeah. I love Simon Dean. 
Rey Mysterio's World Heavyweight Championship run. Do either of you know about how this went? Yes, I've heard many things about this poor bastard's run. We're talking about a little bit about uh, Rey Mysterio's reign here. So you knew it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How bad do you think it was? Like? I heard that he got the shit knocked out of him all the time, always lost on TV, always looked like a chump, and then always retained the belt by the skin of his teeth. Okay, so Kevin popped onto the old cage match database, uh, the best Germanic database of wrestling results on the internet. If you're like me, you did a little bit of German in school, pop it into German mode and see if you can figure out what's going on. Koenig Booker is King Booker, in case you're wondering. <laughs> so, Rey Mysterio's crappy reign began at WrestleMania 22. And the weeks before that, he lost to Fit Finley and Kurt Angle clean in the middle of the ring. He tapped out to Kurt Angle in the middle of the fucking ring. You got me, Eddie. Like, you got me, Eddie. Made me lose my match. So, he's an number one contender because he won the Royal Rumble because Eddie was shining down on him. And got even me, though Eddie. you got me, Eddie, got maybe me, Eddie. number one in the Royal Rumble, you got me, Eddie, but he managed to win the Royal Rumble anyway. But Randy Orton, the heel, beat him the next month at No Way Out. Yeah. Rolled up using the ropes. So Teddy Long said, now that's not fair, Ray. So you're going to be in the World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania anyway. Now he won that match. And that match is noble for him winning, yet being slightly booed somewhat by the crowd there. It was a, a raucous crowd in Chicago that night. As I said, he lost in the weeks beforehand. Immediately after WrestleMania 22, JBL made several anti-Mexico and anti-Eddie Guerrero remarks because he's just been riding high ever since he died. Asini, way too much esteem as that Eddie. Take him down a peg, JBL. Yeah. So JBL says, "I'm going to make you run my special JBL gauntlet." I hate Eddie Guerrero. He's dead. So he made Rey Mysterio. Uh, subsequent weeks face several big men. In the weeks that followed, Rey Mysterio lost clean to Mark Henry. The ring after that, he lost clean to Kane in the middle of the ring. The week after that, he lost clean to Gary Kelly in the middle of the ring. The week after that, he lost to Kurt Angle again. And then the following week, they had a regular exhibition match. Rob Van Dam, who's going to be challenging John Cena for the title at one night stand. Rey Mysterio lost clean in the middle of the ring to Rob Van Dam and shook his hand afterwards. <laughs> At one night stand, he's going to defend the World Heavyweight Championship against Sabu, despite the fact that he says, ECW was where I came up from, man. And he came out all in ECW gear. He got booed out of the Hammerstein Ballroom and couldn't even beat Sabu. The match ended in a no contest. Mark Henry came out next week on SmackDown and started talking shit about Eddie Guerrero. You know, because he's not spinning in his grave quite quickly enough, yes. And after that, he's there talking shit. Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero come out and say, Hey, Mark, that's not cool, man. You can't say that stuff about Eddie. So he beat the both of them up and laid them out in the middle of the ring. Rey lost his match. I think he won by DQ, but Mark laid them out. Rey Mysterio managed to beat Booker T on SmackDown only because Chavo Guerrero interfered. The one win that Rey Mysterio's had, essentially, since WrestleMania has been against the guy who's meant to be a threat for his fucking belt here. So the one win he's had undermines the credibility of this fucking match. Spoiler, he's gonna fucking lose. How bad is that? Got me, Eddie. You know what we call that, guys? We call it the greatest underdog championship reign of all time. Bullshit. Wow. How bad is that? That's bad. You know what's a better title reign? When he had the WWE Championship for like two minutes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally better. At least he wasn't made to look like an asshole then. You have to fucking shake Robert down his hand. You beat me, man. Got me, Eddie. Oh. 
fucking to hell. drag Eddie's name through all of that as well. It's be like this guy's the reincarnation of the spirit of Eddie Guerrero, and then they like get him killed constantly by everyone. <laughs> the end of all these terrible matches where he keeps losing, he goes back into the backstage area, looks in the mirror, and headbutts it. You got me, Eddie. <laughs> you got me, Eddie. <laughs> Booker T looks and sounds very, very silly. Not quite as silly as them going, Big Train in the promo package. <laughs> Booker T's theme. Repeat. And there you go. Yeah, that's it. Over and over again. We and spend it, all lunchtime coming up with that one. About seven or eight minutes we get to hear it for as well. Oh, his entrance. Oh my God. He's like his special king car. He has. His night chauffeur. <laughs> Can I just say as well, in that package we had before the entrances, the headache. Did anyone else get a massive headache? Because it's just like... A, Flashing. It's just like, or... Yeah, just huge epilepsy warning right <laughs> yeah. there if you're going to watch that. Absolute nightmare. I had to lie down. Like, <laughs> it was really bad. Like, well, Billy, if you look at what we had to work with in terms yeah. of moments, <laughs> like you have the one time Ray beat Booker and got the upper hand and Booker winning the Battle Royale. Anything else we show is really going to make you turn off at this point. Mm. So, flashing images. Yeah. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. You can't judge a feud by looking at the TV. <laughs> Can oh, I just God. say as well, JBL here. Oh, perfect. Talking about King Booker and the royalty in general is amazing. This might be the funniest thing I've ever heard JBL do. It's the way his voice changes. It's just so soft and sincere. Here he is, Maggle. It's King Booker. He's gracing us all with his presence. Like, just really wispy, and he stood up with his hat on his (laughs) chest. (laughs) Holding over his heart. Oh, man. There's something really funny to me. I mean, I think the monarchy is something that's quite funny generally. But I find people who are not English who are obsessed with the monarchy, particularly yeah. like uh, like in people from America who don't understand the monarchy, but they're really obsessed with like all oh, Will and Kay and the, but they don't know what any of it means. Yeah. yeah, they just like the pageantry and they just like the idea of their being. Some people just want to worship shit, I guess. Yeah, and JBL like encapsulates that so fucking perfectly. I love it. I cannot but think, though, that the only reason Booker T got this title shot is because his entrance was long enough that he could kill up around 10 minutes of pay-per-view time. Yeah. That would actually make sense. Fucking hell, that actually logically adds up. We're in a lean, mean, buff, tough, ripped, cut, and jacked two hours, 36 minutes yeah. here tonight. That is not a feature-length pay-per-view, yeah. guys. Booker so, has to step over a big splash of Kennedy's blood just to get into the ring as well. Ew. It's still everywhere. It's peasant blood, isn't it? <laughs> JBL is very funny. As soon as Rey Mysterio comes out, he just goes, Damn it! <laughs> 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 he's he's going to have to come out. <laughs> if J- JBL had his way, Booker T would just wave for the last hour of the show and they'd be like, great, lovely, can we go home now? Wasn't it Ray that made JBL quit last time? Yes. Like, so when Ray comes out... Damn it! Not quit again! <laughs> I, w- I would have really liked if JBL stayed in really calm... I love the royalty mode for that. Yeah, the whole match. match. <laughs> the regality, the splendor, the magnificence, the goodness of it. <laughs> I love as well, like, they are so killing time. They get such long introductions. He is the king of the ring, a five time WCW champion. Like, lads, we've not mentioned that in like four years. Yeah. Rey Mysterio, he is the winner of the Royal Rumble. No one mentions that. <laughs> You got him, Eddie. It's Ray. <laughs> Booker screams, 
Eddie can't help you. Right at the start, like, mm. I feel like this is, in retrospect, I see why they did it, but God, man, it's just fucked up, like. The one night at the Royal Rumble where it was like, you got me, Eddie, and it's like, Rey Mysterio is doing this in memory of Eddie Guerrero as a tribute. Where like, his fucking armband, whatever, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. This You can dedicate this performance to Eddie in memory of him. But to spend the rest of the fucking year dragging yeah. out this bullshit. And he's down there. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't need it, like, the positive and the negative. There's no need for no, either. either way. And it just seems, like, pointless and also a little bit tasteless when you do the Randy Orton line, which you mentioned, Billy, which is him going, yeah, you're, Eddie's in hell, essentially. Yeah. That was back in No Way Out. That's February. We're June now. We're yeah. going to be mm-hmm. shocked now with Booker T going, Eddie can't help you. It's just tasteless at this point. Yeah. You've done your big fucking, oh my God, fine, have that. But at this point, it's just like, you're padding now, you know? Yeah. Can't Rey Mysterio have a feud? Have a story. Fucking... Can you have a story, please? Yeah, well, what about if Eddie stole his boy? No, a different story, please. Yeah. Like, you know? JBL puts over the royal ring that belonged to Paul Botch, who was a uh, promoter in Texas who gave Booker T his start. I did a little research. Paul Bosch was many things. He was a promoter and a well-respected one in, in Texas. He was not a king, though, so the, the ring is not royal. It's just, uh. it's just quite big. Paul Bosch, however, did write a book of poetry in 1966, oh. which is called Much of Me and Each of These. So, uh... <laughs> Dalton Wilcox over here. Like. <laughs> the poet laureate of the indie circus. Yeah, Paul Bosch is fucking a hole in the ground. If you don't do it, he will. I mean... Uh, me and you Adam have been doing some book reports over on Patreon Paul Bosch but we're not reviewing that well I want to review Paul Bosch's book <laughs> of poetry by have, you, have you got one for us here I've unfortunately oh. not like you know it's behind a pay window baddie so I gotta, <laughs> Booker T goes on offence but Rey Mysterio is tricksy and hard to keep your hands on he's slippery Cole starts put over immigrants and saying how great they are and you know, how he symbolizes what America's all about. Because JBL's like, how can you have the great American bash being headlined by... From San Diego, that's basically Mexico. <laughs> it's weird, though, because he changes his point. Because I think it's during the Regal and Finlay match, JBL starts going on about how it's great that, as America, we are welcoming all these people from different like, countries yeah. with open arms I and mean, he's back to it here yeah. it's because it's because it's heels mm. That's, it's, it's, it's yeah. because it's because the heels are foreign he's okay so all those people out there you know if you're thinking who you're going to be voting for in the future all the parties saying oh we're going to bring down immigration read the fine print are they just going to cap immigration on baby faces there'll be <laughs> a deluge of heels we'll all have our tights pulled lads it's going to be a fucking nightmare Breaking point. JBL accuses Michael Cole of being a socialist. <laughs> I bet you subscribe to the New Yorker. <laughs> Ray Mysterio hits a sick diving senton to the outside. This is just before Ray became like fully slowed down, yeah. you know. But he is still. He's not doing no flips and you know, he's not doing no uh, you know four fifties or moonsaults. He is kind of playing a bit safer now. Kind of shitty, I think. Not right. as bad as he would guess. No, he does get a lot worse. But either way, like I don't think Ray transitions well out of that style. And again, we said at the opening match with you know, the Pitbulls and London and Kendrick, it's like, this is what passes for high flying. Yeah. Like, Ray is, again, doing less than someone like Kevin Owens would do, mm. who's like not even meant to be a high flyer, yeah. you know? So I just think it's kind of funny how much like high flying is no longer like, it's not a gimmick, it's 
underpins much of current wrestling. Actual wrestling itself, yeah. Dot, 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 dive. Booker T takes control. Does the three amigos. Ooh. What a rotter. Unbelievable. Eddie's going to hate that in heaven. Scissors kick gets reversed. 619 gets dodged. Rey Mysterio hits a big kick on the back of the head. JBL just screams, no, not this way. What, clean? Fair. Normally, yeah. <laughs> like... No, I want to do 619 first. Come on. <laughs> Charmel interferes and immediately gets kicked out. We get this really cool, like, standing head scissors from Ray and Booker T does, like, a full flip in the air. Yeah. I will say, these two, out of everyone here tonight, other than maybe Finley and Regal, but no one actually has a chemistry and gets a crowd yeah. reaction like these two. It's the best they've got at the moment. This is the first time tonight that actually felt like a proper WWE match, like the WWE style being worked properly. I very much enjoyed Booker using Ray as a weapon against the referee. (laughs) And then JBL asking Michael if he thinks that Ray hit the referee on purpose. (laughs) When he's literally been used as a weapon. (laughs) You know the way currently they're cutting to the crowd all the time, hoping to get a reaction and never get the one they want? Shades of that here. They cut to the crowd and immediately this have a goblin boy who goes you can't see me you can't see me <laughs> look at the crowd here it's not oh god John get on it tell your fucking fans to stop being terrifying goblins get a ref bump 619 and then uh, the saddest thing ever is when Rey Mysterio does the little Eddie dance and he's like oh. little Mama Sita you want some Latino heat mm. oh man it's poison 2006. Like, yeah. like now it's like, if you mention Eddie Guerrero, it's mentioned in like reverence and respect. And they are like, they treat him, his name is like, is like it's almost like a hallowed holy thing now. Yeah. They, if it gets mentioned in a prom or someone says it, you know, they did like Sasha Banks yeah. talking about Eddie Guerrero. They were like, this is like a real serious thing. Just, it seems so flippant here how they're used to it. It's gross. Yeah. Ray has to be uncomfortable. Surely. Yeah. Surely he can't Chavo. be okay with this. Like, they're not even that good friends. Like, no. Like, Chavo was like, since said in interviews, he's like, look, we're fine with it because it's what they wanted to do. It's, you know, it's their right to do it, I guess. But like, you know, Ray and Eddie were, they were... Acquaintances. Acquaintances, co-workers yeah. who had some match together. They weren't like brothers. Like, oh. you know, and that's just... Like, if anyone was, it was Chavo. Yeah. But they wouldn't push Chavo. No. Because Ray can sell masks. And that mm. is like... Your heart is not in the right place there at all, WWE. No. Ray can't sell this mask, by the way, because it doesn't fit him. <laughs> like, this mask is too big. He is constantly readjusting the mask down. and pulling yeah. it down. Fitting They've given him, like, Kane's mask. Like, we've got the, there's been a mix-up in the sizing department. So Ray hits the frog splash. Thank you, Eddie. And the referee is still out. Booker T hits a low blow. And the royal bookend. <laughs> Grand. He grabs a chair, but Rey Mysterio drops kickish, and out of nowhere, here comes Chavo Guerrero in his Brock Lesnar guy outfit. Yeah. That shit t-shirt he had on him. And like, there's no like, oh, what's he gonna, he literally comes out and like, arrive, chair yeah. shot. It's like Steve Austin, the King of the Ring 2000, he just comes out and smashes yeah. and leaves. He kills him. Booker T wins. Props to Cole, who was doing more than anyone probably would have expected to put over how wretched and horrible it is. Booker T doesn't even hit a move. He just slithers over. Yeah. He's like, come on, count. And like he gets his title. And Cole is acting like it's the greatest injustice ever how this has all happened. And you know these two tried hard, 
But uh, this angle just no, no, nothing. Absolute death. No, I don't want to see Eddie Guerrero and his name brought up over and over again as he, Chavo and Ray feud after this, uh, and Chavo brings back Vicky and she's like, "I never wanted you to be representing the Guerrero family. You've dragged her name in the muck." And then they did the thing after where Chris Benoit is like. Hey, Chavo and Vicky, what does I hear about you sniffing around Eddie's estate? What's going on? Oh, God. Yeah, thankfully, they dropped that one because Chavo got injured. But they were going to do a thing where, like, Chavo and Vicky were, like, going to try and steal Eddie's money. A, she's his widow. Yeah, it's, it's hers. hers. <laughs> what do you do? Well, of course she's going to take it. <laughs> so, you know... Fuck Billy for a big That's a cinch. Fuck Billy. You got me, Billy. You got me, Billy. I liked the match. I thought it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was fine. The word slog is bandied around these days. Yeah. With reckless abandon. But Great American Bash 2006 took as much from us as you would hoped it was. Every one of you who voted for it. We are miserable. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Fuck off, oh, yeah. You're crying inside. What did you guys think? Final thoughts on the show? I mean, it was in some ways worse than I thought it would be. In other ways, it was better. I was pleasantly surprised by one or two matches. But I you know it goes out to saying we got a lot of people who listen who I think shun the current product. And I'll tell you, someone who has to watch a lot of it for how-to wrestling and I review like current pay-per-views and stuff. Lads, we don't know how good we have it. Mm. You got fucking Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. You've got your fucking wet dream matches from four years ago. Look back to this time. Remember Great American Bash. This is the time when everyone left. This yeah. is the time that everyone. This is the. These are the dark years when everyone left after the after the invasion. And those and of us who stuck around back. had to watch this fucking muck. And you look. And this that, is where I started. Don't blame me. For <laughs> but like the caliber now, like everything, like the characters. The talent that they have, the people who are right there on camera, like no one is going to be given tag belts. You're going to put on a botch fest like no, that. Definitely not. You know, no one is going to go out and have a fucking half baked like uh, feud like that. Surely, there's so many matches here where it's like they wouldn't do that now. Maybe it's because they have so much more talent and they've hoovered up all the big names. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was once again probably even more so than when we were doing the Rock's Return stuff. Because I remember watching, when we were watching The Rock's Return, we were like, whoa, wrestling's great. The Shield. Man, it's just been up and up in terms of quality. Thank God we don't have to watch stuff like Great American Bass. Until the next boys' picks where I will win again. Oh, (laughs) Never doing this again. Never letting the fans vote on anything. I think one lesson we've learned is that we simply can't trust our fan base. Or our co-host. <laughs> just me and you, Adam. Yeah, it's just it is a relief. The world. It's a relief that it's a one-off. Can you imagine if we were like, oh, we've got to do eight more of these now for our new well, series? Well, if we if we do end up doing the uh, the Lashley versus McMahon storyline, we will be dancing around this area once more. Except so the president of the United States will be involved in yes. it as well. So oh. have that going for it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but match of the night in MVP, uh, Billy. Uh, match of the night, I will give to. Don't fucking say Punjabi prison. I swear yes. to fucking. Well, that, is, that would be my special mention. Yeah. That is my special mention. But Son match of the night is Regal Finlay. Yeah. yeah. Regal Finlay, I think, is uh, definitely, definitely great. Different, not WWE at all, and I enjoyed it for that fact. I mean, I would say that's one of those matches where sometimes where it's a match night, it's like go out of your way to see this yeah, one. Yeah, go out of your way. Go out of your way to see this one, yeah. You get crazy 
finger wrestling, you get a leprechaun, you get a shillelagh, you get a shoe. You get ugly wrinkled faces you... going, Ooh! What more can you want? MVP is a weird one. Because there's a few people I would give it to, including Finlay and Regal. But honestly, I think I want to give it to JBL. Yeah. Because I was really surprised by JBL. He was entertaining he here was tonight. He was really, really entertaining. Uh, some of the best colour commentary outside of The King. Remember when commentary botches were people saying, like, silly things like from go to woe? Yeah. Or Steven Spielberg movie, as opposed to guys grumbling over each other, complaining about which preposition they've used? Yeah. Like, this is the golden age yeah. of commentary botches, and JBL, for every time you fuck something up, he also has something that's just really, really entertaining. And in a few matches as well, he was really like... Yeah. Like he had... You know what a king in Judgment Day 2000 where he was like really analysing, talking about some yeah. of the... Yeah. JBL was talking like, you know, when he did the tag matches, he was saying like, you know, as a tag team wrestler, it's totally different. I've been there. Or saying, you know, I've been champion. I know what's like in this situation. He really actually fit in well. It was a great fit, and Cole really did a good job at yeah. holding his hand through this. Co Cole was pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah Cole was great. Good Cole team. was great as well. It was, it was, it was bizarre that we, that we have had this team in the last two, two or three years, yeah. and it's not been good. But looking back at 2006 of all places, where nothing good happened it's in 2006. It's the only good thing on the show. I guess when uh, Comrade Michael Cole denounced his socialist ways, yeah. he just lost uh, you know, the, the rapport. Adam, match of the night MVP. 100% agreeing with Billy for both of them. Finley and Regal, only good thing on the show. Nice bit of world of sport wrestling. And honestly, you know, not everyone was a disaster. Like, Undertaker, I guess, did his role perfectly well. But JBL was the only person that thoroughly entertained me consistently throughout the night. He was fucking funny, he was informative, and he was just on the ball throughout the entire show. I must say, I mean, I was going to echo you guys, except I'm going to have to say Finlay for, for Match Tonight, because even when I was watching back in 2006, I didn't like Finlay. Mm. I found him a bit boring. I thought, you know, oh, it's, he's the guy they send out to wrestle the guy before he, the guy wrestles the actual guy. Like... Finley will wrestle Lashley before Lashley wrestles, you know, King Booker or whatever yeah. it is. But here he really showed me something. I was like, you know, I really got the itch then to go back and watch some Finley stuff from WCW and also from around this time. Because I remember, you know, he got a push, but they never seemed to think remotely that Finley could do anything other than be a utility player. Mm. This run with the US belt was like a month. That's his only goal he has in WWE yeah. at all. And you get caught up in that weird hornswoggle shit afterwards. I think there's some golden stuff from, from Finley in 2006. Oh, there yeah, there absolutely is, yeah. definitely. So I want to go check some of that shit out. I think now has come the time for us to reveal to the world what our next storyline is going to be. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's one which people probably hope we would do sooner, but we are going to do it now. The time seems right. The wind is blowing in the air in a certain way that it feels appropriate. There's lots of avenues for exploration. There's lots of avenues for inquiry. We've also talked about how we're looking in ways in the future and how WWE attempted to recreate the Attitude Era. But what happened right after the Attitude Era ended and we were left with a very, very different set of circumstances indeed. No WCW, no ECW, no competition. The very thing which is meant to be the lifeblood of Vince McMahon and his genius. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Attitude Era podcast are going to be doing the Invasion Angle. We're going to be starting at King of the Ring 2001. 
All the way right through to Survivor Series 2001, we'll be looking at some episodes of Raw between the start and the finish. We're going to be looking at maybe some things like Tough Enough, perhaps looking at the last WCW and ECW pay-per-views and looking at how they carried over. Oh, we get to see Sid breaking his leg. Oh, Jesus. Oh, baby. No. Oh, baby. <laughs> but what's most interesting about this I watched The Invasion when I was a kid. Adam, you watched The Invasion yes. when you were a kid as well. I have pretty vivid memories of it. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid really liking The Invasion. Same. The one thing I didn't watch when I was a kid, though, was any WCW or ECW. And then, I mean, I watched a bit of ECW here and there, but I didn't follow stuff religiously. So the main question you're going to be asking yourselves is, now that we're, you know, long-time network subscribers, we know what it's like that there is no Hogan or Flair or Hall or Nash or Goldberg or Bischoff. What is this invasion actually like to watch? Because I know anyone who had any knowledge of WCW hated this thing. And more or less three quarters of the wrestling audience disappeared and never came back. So the invasion is going to be our next storyline. We're going to be going through the whole thing. If there's any bonus episodes, particular aspects of the invasion or stops along the way you want us to make, make sure you send us a tweet or a message or a post on Facebook. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very, very excited. It's going to be interesting. I think so. As far as we're, from what I have been told, even though it is only a, a few months after WrestleMania 17, it feels very different. You haven't seen any of it from before, Billy, have no. you? So, I mean, again, it's going to be I very, very interesting. I have seen one match from King of the Ring. Uh, 2001. Previously, yeah. Previously, uh, but that is it, I think, invasion-wise. Oh my god. I have seen Stone Cold Steve Austin beating up King Bucker in a supermarket. <laughs> uh, that is the invasion I am, if I'm correct. It's right after the invasion. Oh, actually. so it's not even the invasion. The invasion. So, yeah, so literally, I've seen one match from King of the Ring 2001. It's going to be very, sure. very interesting because you're missing The Rock for a part of it, you're missing Triple H for all of it, you're missing Chris Benoit for all of it. There are lots of guys who are gone, lots of guys who are brought in. Guys who are hopefully hungry to make a name for themselves, a lot of young talent coming in, a lot of guys who've got a clock ticking over their head who are hoping to go after the biggest, biggest dog. dog in the yard. Guys, I'm begging you, let's watch the invasion. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking wait for this. It's going to be so interesting to look at. I hope all of you are going to be on board for season three of the AE podcast. And that's going to do it for this miserable stop along the way you ever know you're going on a big long drive you're going all the way from Glasgow to Linky thought oh I'll stop here in Newcastle and you have a shit time and get a crap pasty that's what this is Billy this was an underwhelming pasty why submit yourself to having a bad time when you can just listen to the Deuce and Domino theme for the whole six hours <laughs> and as always if you're listening on iTunes SoundCloud or on Stitcher make sure you give us a like make sure you leave us a rating or a review. Make sure you tell some other people to go check out the ITR podcast. If someone is looking for a wrestling podcast, word of mouth is always the best way. And make sure you're following us on twitter.com at AEPodcast facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast where we have got a deluge, a slew over 40 micro videos, Adam. Whew. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I've not slept in months. Like. Yeah, be sure to check out our Facebook page. Huge emphasis on video content on there these days, and we're always adding more, trying to get a couple on there every week. If you have any suggestions for moments you'd like to see made into videos, do let me know. I've got a list of about 60 so far, but Whoa. I'm always looking for more to do. And also, you can see some different moments, some slightly longer clips on our Vimeo channel at vimeo.com forward slash AE podcast. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to Matthew's Botchamania.com Stuff Things Victory <laughs> Excelsior <laughs> If you want to support the Outer Podcast and get back some bonus exclusive content head on over to patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast patreon.com slash AE Podcast where you can become our backer and get access to exclusive goodies. For $1, you get access to our show notes. For $5, you get access to our patron-only audio stream. Twice a month, Adam and I sit down to review an episode of SmackDown. We start right at the start, and we're going all the way through. It's the SmackDown crawl. It has been the most insane, weird, funny, crazy series I think we've ever done. And if you guys are interested in more content-focused on 1999 and things like Boss Man behaving badly and Triple H eating hummus, the Smackdown crawl is right up your alley. If you want to see some clips of it, head over to the Facebook page. There's a special folder that has some moments from the crawl. Just you wait until you get to 2006, chaps. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. A bit of a while yet. Yeah, but... <laughs> but the good thing is that Smackdown crawl is one of my favourite things we've done and we've done about 11 or 12 episodes so far and if you just pay one month on Patreon, $5, you get access to all those episodes in and we've also added recently a book report. Adam is reviewing the Journey into Darkness, Kane's book. You can always expect weird, random, extra bits of content popping up there on the Patreon feed for $10. A monthly Q&A episode with myself. I'll give you updates, things that are happening in the world of the Adair podcast, my thoughts on the world and news of wrestling of that particular month. And if you become a $20 backer, you get access to the Dan Severn package. Every single one of our audio commentaries from Selfie.com slash AE podcast all get instantly available to you and you get all new ones for free and exclusive discounts on any upcoming merchandise Adam and I recently sat down and recorded a new commentary track which was no holes barred me and, me and this jock ass over here did a little bit of a commentary track it was a hoot and a holler all available from selfie.com slash AE podcast but if you want to support us and get all the commentary tracks Things like Beyond the Mat, CM Punk's documentary, the ridiculous Flintstones and the <laughs> Flintstones and WWE crossover, the Condemned with Steve Austin, Wrestling with Shadows, all that and more available from selfie.com slash AE Podcast. Thank you to everyone for checking out this episode. Everyone has been a backer of the show. I can't wait to start the new season. We have got a new theme song debuting oh. next. Big shout out straight away to our it's like an air race. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, it's not Perry Saturn's entrance. Now, Cole Hardy, who's got the most Attitude Era name ever, Michael Cole, Jeff Hardy, like that. come together. He has recorded this one. We've had so many people try, and it's never been quite right. But this one, you're going to love it. Mm. So those of you who keep messaging going, I fucking hate Saved by the Bell, the college years. It reminds me of the decline of the series and the over-reliance on Screech. 
then you can fucking stop, yeah? <laughs> Between now and then, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And me, Billy. Let's head back to 2001. Come along with you. The water, I'm sure, will be fine. It's time for an invasion. And we'll see you next time on the AE Podcast.